deer plugged in. You in on this? Toyota's versatile SUVs roll up their sleeves and take on tough jobs, dress up for a night out, or haul your family and friends to their spacious interiors. And they're available with some real sweet tech. Want a hybrid SUV? Oh yeah, they got those too. All with a slew of standard features so you won't break the bank. Get the juice at Toyota.com, folks. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When looking for a new home, location is so important. And as sports fans, you obviously want to be close to your favorite sports teams. So if you're in the market of buying a new home, you gotta check out Aria Denver Homes. They are located just 10 minutes away from downtown, Coors Field, Pepsi Center, and Broncos Stadium at Mile High. So what makes Aria Denver unique is the home buying process is all about you. You know, we offer free home inspections. We make sure we're in a great location in Denver. Um, as well as we outreach into the community and have a lot of involvement with a lot of different businesses, as well as, you know, parks and other areas in the location. Like Tyler mentioned, Aria Denver believes the home buying process is all about you. That's why they offer that free home inspection, customizable finishes, and brand new appliances. But that's not all. So we specifically have a greenhouse on campus at Aria. Um, that residents are able to sign up for a subscription service and have fresh veggies delivered to, to their door each week. And then we also have a great relationship with Regis University. So our partnership with Regis allows residents to have access to the fitness center and gym. Move today where everyone wants to live tomorrow. To learn more, go to www.aria.denverskylofts.com or call them today at 720-372-1022. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curds from Mile High. The best part of the weekend, hugging the perfect stranger as they become a friend, having a good time when the orange and blue W I Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast, a Friday edition of the podcast, and it's as always presented by The Green Solution. The Green Solution has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout so you can shoot in and shoot out. Get on your phone right now, go to their website, mygreensolution.com, order whatever you need, and then head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use the code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Well, Zach, this sucks. Uh-oh. What? I know. I know. <laughs> Thanks to the good old Hall of Fame game, yep. we now have the distinct pleasure of covering three fourth preseason games. Because mm. the Hall of Fame game might as well have been a fourth preseason game. Kevin Hogan started it. 
And now we're getting Kevin Hogan starting the fourth preseason game and probably Kevin Hogan or maybe Brett Rippon starting the fifth. This is this sucks. It's the worst. <laughs> I, I would suggest never having anyone go in the Hall of Fame ever again. You know, Vic isn't helping his case when he says preseason is incredibly important. If you want to develop talent, develop players, you have to have four preseason games. Don't cut it down. He kills his case when then he makes us watch three unwatchable games. Yeah, and, and you know what I will say is the only thing that is going to make watching this game fun? Watch party? Coming to the Blake Street <laughs> Tavern. And I'm not just saying that. Like, You will not enjoy this game on your couch. No. It's not a couch game. I'm, how many minutes into the game are you bored? Negative three. <laughs> um, but if you do come to the Blake Street Tavern, it will end up being a fun way to take in the game. We're going to be, you know, uh, talking Broncos. We're going to be having Breck brews. We're going to maybe even throw in like a little trivia, you know, some stuff to just keep it lively <laughs> while the game does not do such things. To thing. save your eyeballs, pretty much. And uh, I just want to kind of make you guys privy to this right now. And we'll probably mention this a couple times throughout the podcast because it is a programming note. A big time programming note. And you need to pay attention. So, Zach and I are going to record a podcast after the game. Instant reaction. Um, it's probably going to be, uh, we're going to have to dig deep to find relevant reactions, but I, we're pretty good at that. Uh, we're able to find relevant stuff to talk about in, in the middle of April. <laughs> um, so, the reason I say this is because we're not going to take que- we're not going to read the questions that come in on this pod. We're never going to read them. From here on out. Yep. On this pod, today's pod. Friday podcasts. Yep, exactly. Friday pods, we won't read them. So let's say you have a general comment or question. That's great. Hold it until after, until we post the next pod. So the post-game podcast is when we will take questions for the Monday show. You've got a question, comment mid-game, hold it. And post it to, and see if it's still relevant and then post it after the game. And the reason we do this is because as fun as it was to record a two-hour podcast up until 2.36 a.m. <laughs> in the Broncos podcast, it's not practical. And we think you guys really want the post-game podcast. So we want to give you the post-game podcast instantly so you don't have to really wait you know, 24 hours to hear our thoughts on the game. That way you can wake up in the morning. Or if you want to stay up late with us or when, maybe it's, you know, it's going to be after a 2.25 game, so you're going to listen to it. Uh, in the break between the last afternoon game and the Sunday night football game, or however it's going to work. Um, we want to give that to you, but we just don't think it's it's scalable across the whole season to do two hour, a two-hour podcast after every game. So if someone has a comment that they want us to read, where do they leave it, Ryan? On the post-game podcast, in which we'll get to it on Monday. But we're not going to, on Monday read all the questions that came in on the post-game podcast and all the ones that came in on the Friday podcast. That would be a 10-hour pod. So, and I'm sure you guys would love that. So, don't leave comments on the Friday pod. Or else they won't be read. And if you do have one and, and you realize afterwards, oh, whoops, I shouldn't have done that, just copy and paste it. Exactly. Easy. All right. Hopefully you guys are okay with that. In the end, it's more you get more podcasts. Exactly. It's a, it's a plus. It's a win-win. Yes, exactly. All right. Now that we have that programming note out of the way, do you agree or disagree with Vic Fangio's decision 
to make the rest of the games really boring. For my eyeballs, I disagree. I completely disagree. But Ryan, what's the saying? It's availability is more important than ability. And we know the Broncos' depth is, what, concerning, to, to say the least? I you've mean, heard what, of, what's a better word? You've heard of death by inches. <laughs> and this is death by depth. <laughs> exactly. And so the Broncos can't expose that depth. They cannot have that depth come the regular season. So as much as it kills me to sit through six hours of backups the next, what, five, in a five-day span, it's the right move because the Broncos can't afford more injuries. And I don't like that this is 100% Vic Fangio and the Broncos playing scared. But that's what it is. It is. But in the end, so, so I don't like it either way. But in the end, you got to keep these guys healthy. So I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in 1,000% agreement with them. There's not a single bone in my body that disagrees with anything they're doing. The only thing I might disagree with is the fact that they're trying to like beat around the bush here. Um, and I realize it's just like a thing that coaches do. Yeah. They can't, I don't know why they don't like to admit simply. I changed my mind. Like you're allowed to change your mind. You're a human. This was very un Vic Fangio like, right. You're allowed to come and say, look guys, injuries are piling up. And I've just decided I'd rather have our guys out there week one with maybe slightly less preparation than not have them out there at all. And you know what? I would have stood up, clapped my hands giving him a thumbs up and said good good on you you would have stood on that shaky podium with him yeah <laughs> be wobbling away together um it's 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 weird to me to be like well you know we've, this is our fourth preseason game not our third <laughs> yeah. i'm like yeah but your starters haven't it's not like they played in the first one so nope. they've only played two they only played in two and they only played in less than a half which is weird which is weird. I, and, and you can tell this was absolutely not part of the plan because I think Vic would have played these guys for at least a full half on Monday night, if not three quarters. And it's weird because they've had plans for everything else, right? We're sticking to a plan. We've got this plan. You know, Vic Fangio says it. Rick Scangarello says it. Ed Dontel says it. And this one, they're not sticking to a plan. But your plans have to be malleable. Sure. You can't just be hard line in the sand. This is our plan. No matter what happens, we're sticking with it. Because guess what? Your one uh, bad Connor McGovern snap and Joe Flacco, you know, uh, getting hit as he's trying to pick up the ball or whatever away from Kevin Hogan starting week one. That's where you are right now. Yikes. So you cannot risk that. So so I like the fact now that they maybe could have put a contingency plan in at the beginning of the preseason. Hey. If X, Y, or Z happens, let's use that as our third preseason game, or our third preseason game as what would normally be our third preseason game, even though we have five, uh, and then we'll rest the starters for the next two. But in the end, I think you have to be able to react, not just say, this is the way we do it. You say, okay, what's the best thing for our football team now that these things have happened? And I think they made the right decision to say, preseason's over. I completely agree. Now, who caused this? Was it Drew Locke? Drew Locke, yes. It's pretty crazy. I mean, the, the, that shows you the plans they because had for him. Joe Flacco getting injured, and, and I'll touch wood for that, but Joe Flacco getting injured before the worst-case scenario is, hey, Drew Locke era has begun. Yep. 
and Joe Flacco may never see the field in Denver. Yep. Now the worst case scenario is Kevin Ho- <laughs> the Kevin Hogan era has begun. Remember, this is the guy who couldn't even get a start when the team was uh, six and nine. Yep. Last year. Yeah. And even you are like even I was saying like, just start Kevin Hogan. <laughs> what what could possibly be what could possibly go wrong? Yep. What you just lose? Okay, that's actually better for you at this point. Right. So. If you can't get a start when the team's six and nine, they've got nothing to play for except development. God forbid you have to start a game in the regular season when the team is zero and zero. It, exactly. So this is this is the right move. Um, it's and and here's here's the thing: the Broncos are going to have less than a half of playing time with their starters once the season starts. But look around the league. I mean, how many games were last night and how many starters played? Tom Brady played, as you reminded me this morning. But the Raiders sat their starters. So many teams are sitting their starters. The Rams are sitting their starters tomorrow. Although Sean McVay has a has a you know a, a toy in his pocket that the Broncos don't, and that's cohesion is the reason he doesn't play them. Um, but a lot of these teams, it's not like the Broncos are going to be ten steps back of everyone. I think everyone is going to be about five steps back from where they want to be come the start of the season. But if everyone's on that same page, especially your week one opponent, the Raiders who are sitting there, guys, then it's okay. Week one is a weird week. Weird things happen. Uh, losses occur that shouldn't. It's why I'm always afraid of the CSU game. Mm. Because anything can happen in week one. Right. You don't know. You don't know what your team really looks like until they've gone out there and played a real game. Um, and, and so... You kind of, everyone kind of gets those jitters out in week one and, and learns a lot about their team in week one. You just you can't afford to start t- to, to start taking L's before the season even starts. I mean, look at this Cam Newton. The the, the Panthers are quote unquote hopeful that he's ready for week one. Mm-hmm. How dumb do you feel mm-hmm. for putting him out there? Yep. What did, what did what did he gain before he got hurt? Nothing. Nothing that was tangible, nothing that was good enough to be worth the risk of getting hurt. You think him playing last night before getting hurt was the difference between them getting a field goal on their opening drive come week one and a touchdown? No. I don't either. I think I realize that that the game speed is different and coaches are so adamant about this, but I do not think you can get anything from one drive or two drives or even a half of football in the preseason – that is that much better than what you just get in practice. It is wild that we have to go through five preseason games and the starters are going to play less than they typically play in a preseason. Oh, we really, <laughs> we really got the short end of the stick. We are here. the losers. Yes, we we lost out big time. Um, maybe we can make a like a pact as a media that we just ignore the last one. That would be brilliant. That would be amazing. If, if you you got an early wake up the next day, it's like did a tree. If no one heard it, did the tree did the tree that fell in the woods make a sound? <laughs> if everyone agrees to ignore the game, it didn't happen. Boy, that'd be something else, wouldn't it? It's just the Cardinals in town, and Kyler's is Kyler even traveling for that game? Maybe not. He might just be on the golf course. Speaking of injury, I mean, you don't you don't want to get him injured flying here. In a bus what full he, of a bunch of other players. What if his ear hurts because of the pressure? <laughs> exactly. I can't be taking risks like that. And then he gets the ring for the rest of the season. Remember when Marcus Mariota last year had that weird thing where he had to like bus to a game? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he shouldn't have played in that one. Um, I don't. Yeah, I can't be taking any risks with Kyler. 
Wrap him, wrap him in bubble wrap. Leave him <laughs> on the couch. Absolutely. Speaking of, I just have to bring this up really quick. So I posted this video of Von Miller and his rating of the Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> At least five people commented like, why is Von eating this? Oh my gosh. And, and, and they did make, a couple people did make a valid point that he was the one who coined right. the phrase, you don't put regular gas in a right. Ferrari. Right. But stop. Are you telling me Popeye's isn't regular gas? I'm telling you Popeye's <laughs> is that premium stuff. I'm not even a big Popeye's guy. I hadn't even had Popeye's until about a year ago. Why is this Popeye's conversation coming up? Because someone was talking about it to me yesterday. You didn't you didn't know you don't know the context? There there's a new sandwich out? They just released their chicken sandwich. And they had never had it they before. They had never had a chicken sandwich. Because before. you just go there and get chicken on its own. It's chicken strips. Oh, I thought it was like a new form of a sandwich, but now I see how it's a bigger deal. Um, you know what people are completely missing in this whole conversation? Because it's like, they're saying, what's better? Popeyes, Chick-fil-A, uh, like the McDonald's, McChicken. You know what they're all missing out on? The bad mother clucka. Oh my goodness. From Doghouse. It's better than all of them for it sure. Is. It is. Definitely the best one I've had. Oh man, I miss that. Oh, so good. You gotta stop thinking about it. I it's know. everything you can't eat. I know, I know, I know. Uh, by the way, cheat night tonight. Oh, what's tonight? Sushi. Oh. Gotta have some sushi in my life. It's been far too long. Is this like that? Did you wake up feeling the same as you did with wings? No, I've been kind of, so like, I'm pretty much at my goal weight. Um, congratulations. I've lost more than like, and when I made this goal, I didn't think it was realistic. Like at least, especially for August 23rd. Right. Exactly. Like, so I've just been starting to think like, okay, I don't need to like, like if I have like a really intense craving, I just need to satisfy it. Right. And then I'll just get right back on and, and keep rolling. If I, I feel like if I try and suppress for too long, I'm going to like break down. Right. 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 And so, uh, not like break down mentally, but <laughs> right. one day I'm just going to be like, I'm done with this diet. Like I want sushi and, and the bad mother clucka and a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And so I'm just thinking like, you know what? If once every couple weeks, I have a craving. I might as well go ahead and satisfy it. That sounds pretty darn fair. I think so too. I, so, what's the sushi? Where? I haven't decided that yet. Um, you just decided sushi. I just sushi know- doesn't. I mean, I know it has carbs, which is the whole point of your diet not having carbs. But that seems like not a bad cheat meal. Definitely everything. Not. I mean, that that's like the best cheat meal you can have. Yeah, and I've just been, I just really have been missing sushi lately. <laughs> So I'm probably going to go pretty ham. It's probably going to be a lot of calories. <laughs> have you thought about doing an unlimited one? I have. Mm. I have thought of that. Um, here's the thing. I've never found my go-to sushi spot in Denver. I had one in Boulder. Yep. To this day, I go there on my birthday. Is it not worth the drive up on a cheat day? Mm. You make a good point. <laughs> you make a good point. It might be worth the drive. I mean, this is... It could be your me- it could be your mecca, your your homage to uh, <laughs> one week before the CUCSU I game. Just, I feel like there probably is a better sushi restaurant in Denver than there is in Boulder. Like, based on just percentage wise, there should be right because there's there like be. fifty. There's like three sushi restaurants in Boulder and like fifty in Denver. So anyone that lives in Denver is probably screaming at themselves, sushi den. But I'm sure you've been there. I but- haven't. Oh, but I think it's it seems overpriced. Oh, it probably for sure is. Probably for, I think I, I've 
don't think I've ever been to Sushi Den. I've been to like their sister like restaurant, spin-off. which is right across the street. It's called Izakaya Den. I've been there. And I don't know the difference. There's also another one called something else that sounds like that uh, in the Highlands, which was mm. kind of my go-to for a little while. Okay. But I've just never found anything that's as good as, as Japango. Everyone is screaming at you to try Sushi Den. I'll think about it. <laughs> I'm shocked you've never been there. I know. There's been a couple times where I've been like close and then just... I made oh, Friday night. I think sometimes the get lines in. get nuts. Yeah, I'm not trying to mess with that. <laughs> I'm not trying to deal with that. I Maybe just want to try... get sushi in my face. Maybe you try the sister restaurant. I don't know if it's any cheaper, if it's, if it's how much worse it is. I don't what know. What the difference is. That, I mean, like little siblings. That's like, <laughs> uh, you might as well just go to CSU instead of CU. Seems like a bad idea. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You'll probably end up there tonight. I have, Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, anyways, what were we talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> How did we get to this point? Why don't we just go ahead and do this? the question of the week presented by Sports Column. And Zach, what exactly was the question? It was, what do you want to see most in Saturday's matchup with the Rams? And we dropped this Wednesday night before it was official the starters weren't playing. So we may be able to breeze by some of these. We messed up. Kevin, uh, Gap, Kev, Kevin Backer says a run game. Okay. Would have thought he would have wanted to see something from the backers. (laughs) Uh, Mile High Magic says, have we had a bad snap? No, Connor McGovern went a perfect record in the preseason. Yeah, that's maybe why they pulled the starters. Is there a chance? Vic said most of the starters. Are you thinking offensive line plays? I'm thinking what starters are you most concerned about, Zach? Garrett Bulls. Okay. Connor McGovern? Yep. Linebackers, so like uh, AJ Johnson. Yeah, I was gonna say everyone. By but the way, Josie Jewell. I'm going back exclusively to AJ Johnson. Oh, absolutely. Who was it? It was Vaughn. Vaughn. Someone said Alexander Johnson has been coming along, and Vaughn's like Alexander Johnson. <laughs> Do you mean AJ? <laughs> so that's enough for me. I'm back to AJ Johnson. Absolutely, and. Uh, it's only the media that has been told to call him Alexander. Clearly not. Every, everyone else is is on the AJ. He's train. not an Alexander. Like, look no, at his face. No, he's not. He's an AJ. That is not Alexander. <laughs> My Twitter will do a lot better calling him AJ Johnson too. Yep. Those Tennessee fans love him. Yeah, they're not uh, name searching Alexander Johnson. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But if they were, they'd probably call him Alexander the Great. <laughs> probably. <laughs> they love them some A.J. Johnson. It's A.J. from yep. here on out, all right? Yep. That has been established. Um, so you want him in there? Everyone. Because Todd but, Davis is not a guarantee for week one. Which is crazy. Yeah, he's taken what he's behind in his recovery. That's why Josie Jewell can't play. He's too valuable. Even though he, he probably needs to play, especially along these, these new guys, he can't play. No, you can't go in week one, A.J. Johnson and, and Josh Watson. <laughs> no. Are you saying A.J. may be too valuable with with Todd questionable? Eh, eh, I'm like, is there that big of a drop-off between A.J. and Josh Watson? Yeah. I'm giving a Ram credit here. Yeah. Mark it down. Impressive. Impressive. Probably not. Not that much. Uh, no, I actually like Josh Watson as a player. Yeah. He well, seems say legit. that again? He seems legit to me. <laughs> um, can't say I noticed him on the field last year on that same stadium, <laughs> but now he makes plays. Uh, and, and I like him for that. 
they still don't – I just don't understand how they have zero fast linebackers on the team. It's mind-blowing, isn't it? I guess Joe Jones. Joe Jones ran like a f- four or five or something. And he's not even playing. And he can't play. Jamal Carter? Oh, yeah, they do have a fast linebacker <laughs> now. He's just a safety. Um, I love how honest Vic Fangio oh, is. Oh, yeah. Someone oh, asked yeah. him yesterday, like, what did you think of Trey Marshall playing with the Stars the other night? He's like, it was fine. I, I, I was hoping for better. <laughs> Every, I think everyone should take on that m- mentality more in life. Like, your mom makes you dinner. She's like, what did you think? <laughs> You're like, yeah, it was fine. I was, I was actually hoping for better. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever do that at restaurants? No. You give the fine? I had no 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 no. I I had a a bad childhood experience with um mm. people complaining about food in mm. my life. I refuse to do it. I I completely agree. Unless there's something like overtly wrong with it that I It's going to get you sick. Right, right. Yeah. Like or or like I it's like a completely different dish than right. I ordered or right. but like there, there is a very, very small sliver of things that I'll complain about at a restaurant. Yep, I completely agree because it, they come over. I'm like, great, great, absolutely great. <laughs> <laughs> Leave us alone. It's great. We're not going to complain. Also, like <laughs> those people have to deal with yeah. so much BS. Like, yep. like I was just explaining yep. that I want to try and make their day better, not yep. worse. <laughs> exactly. That's the worst question to ask for them coming over. Is everything going all right? <laughs> it can only be bad. Right. Because right. it, if it's good, it's just, okay, good. I can continue to do my job. Yeah, it's kind of like a referee. <laughs> right. Like, right. You, you only get no. Yep. It only matters if you're wrong. You're Connor McGovern. Yep. Like, getting everything right is the, is the expectation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, and I'm sure we have some people that listen to this podcast who work in the service industry, mm-hmm. and specifically as waiters or waitresses. Yep. Please. Please write down the order. <laughs> You're just giving everyone at the table anxiety if you don't write it down. And you don't gain anything, in my opinion. Right? I don't think like, oh, better mark down that they didn't <laughs> They didn't have to write it down. That's going on their tip later. That's a smart puppy right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. If you write it down, I, I have no doubt it'll come back the right way. Right. If you don't, I'm just like, well, why didn't you write it down? And then there's like, <laughs> there's like cheese where there shouldn't be cheese or there's so, something's wrong with the food. And I'm just like, this never could have happened if you just wrote it down. Right. Yep. Yep. There's a, uh, so th- if one of you guys want to come through and tell me what the benefit is of not writing it down, because mm. in my opinion, it's just laziness. I've never noticed that and thought, wow, I need to give a better tip. I've, I've- never have. I, I will do it the other way around. <laughs> you didn't toy with me. Right. Attention to detail. I have no anxiety about whether it's going to come out the right way. Because as we just explained, if it comes out wrong, yep. I'm not going to complain about it. Right. Exactly. So give me the uh, satisfaction of seeing, okay, you did everything you could to make sure my order was going to come out right. There is one coffee establishment in Denver, and it's around the country, and there's multiple locations in Denver. <laughs> okay. Where your order, it goes in one ear, out the other, 90% of the time. They just don't listen? Don't listen. Don't li- and, and my girlfriend likes it a very specific way. And uh, so that, that's one that, just like you said, that's one time where I'm, I'm fine being like, hey, this is wrong. Because I've heard her say it. 
and they're always fine. They they always change it, but they just waste about like you three about coffees a week. A specific location? Oh yeah, a specific location. <laughs> One very specific location. Oh, uh, they're probably <laughs> taking some smoke breaks out in the back. I would assume. Probably not uh, even in the back. You know what I love? Starbucks mobile order. Uh, it can't be wrong. Yeah. Because I write it down. Yeah. Right. And it's printed on the on the sticky paper. Yeah, I mean, if they mess it up, like it's they, it's been messed up before. Right. Nobody's perfect. But then it's obvious. But yeah, you're like, it says right here, <laughs> uh, venti on the sticker. Why is this a grande? Yep. Yep. And they actually are like, they never even question you. No. No. At this same establishment, the very first time I went there, I got a coffee with cream, handed to me. I'm like, wow, this is white. It was a cup. Full of cream, a hundred percent. It was sweetened cream. It was. I thought it was pretty amazing, but it had no coffee it, in it. Was so, it warm? Uh, it was cold, iced, iced cream. So you could see it. I mean, you could see when you're handing it over that it was white. Because <laughs> I was going to say there is something at uh, Starbucks called right. a vanilla steamer, right? Which is literally just steamed milk with some vanilla flavor. Yeah. Here. No. This was this was like thick cream. And you liked it. <laughs> I had one sip of it. I liked it, but I had to give it. I couldn't put my. I couldn't do the uh, the coffee creamer in a smoothie. Right. I right. couldn't that's, do that. That's what that was. <laughs> that was just straight creamer on ice. <laughs> yep. Wow. How did we get here again? I have no idea, but we have 17 more. We're really on topic questions. today. Good thing we don't have to talk. How to did Vic we get Fangio. from bad snaps <laughs> to iced cream? Not ice cream. Iced cream. <laughs> I have no idea. Let's see where this comment takes us from Gabriel, from Jacob Gabriel. He says, I want to see the starting and the depth on the offensive line actually have a solid game. Well, you'll get the depth and maybe some of the starters. Exactly. I'm really confused uh, that that train we just went down. <laughs> How did we get to where we were? Uh, Mile High Magic says no injuries. That's the only thing I ever want to see from any preseason game. Seriously. Timothy Pierce says at least one touchdown from the starting offense. Well, sorry, Tim. Not going to be seeing that. Three drives, six points in the preseason. Are you okay with that? No. Ugh. If they score six points every three drives they have, that's going to end up being a decent amount of points. How many drives do you have in a game? Nine? Uh, no, I'd say more than that. More than that? Because if you had nine, that'd be 18 points. If you had 12, that would be 21 points. 18 points. points a game is right around what I'm expecting for this offense this year. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> no, no. Twenty? Uh, That'd be about five hundred, right? About eight and eight. <clears throat> it all comes down to the defense every single game. It's yep. been this way for. They won a Super Bowl this way. It's going to come down to the defense making plays. Is what yes. is what this type of offense will will lead to. You give them a short field, they're probably going to convert it into points. Right. Um. That's, I mean, that's what they got to do. Yeah. But the defense, conversely, they had four drive, five drives total in the preseason. Yep. Gave up three points. Right. Uh, and like three first downs or something. Yep. And like 30. One takeaway. 32 yards is what they gave up against the 49ers in a quarter, quarter and a half. And then the very first play of the backups and they gave up a 38 yard run. If it weren't, if Devonte Bosby could catch the ball, they would have scored more points than they gave up this preseason. <laughs> yep. Wow. He had a pick uh, two days ago in practice. Yep. 
And I I think it was Vic Fangio who yelled, Wow, he caught it. <laughs> he loves to he loves to throw some digs. It, he admitted it too, didn't he? He said it's okay to take a jab at guys once in a while. Really bad question that teed him up for that. Um, it was like Tim Patrick has been having good practice ever since you called him slow. <laughs> Did you think do you think that fired him up a little bit? And Vic was just like, I I don't know. Oh, what was the... Isn't it okay to jab them once in a while? What was the question yesterday? Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. It it led to a very funny response. We talked to like 500 guys yesterday, so I don't remember. We talked to all four quarterbacks. (laughs) Von Miller (laughs) and Vic Fangio, right? And Joe Flack. Oh, yeah, he's a quarterback. Yeah, he is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's the starting quarterback. I mean, we we talked to Brett... We saw we saw generations up on the podium yesterday, actually, literally with Vic. Yeah, we saw generations in the quarterback room, though. What is Joe Flacco? What generation is he? Thirty-four-year-old generation. Whatever. <laughs> Would he call himself a millennial? I know thirty-four-year-olds who think they're millennials. I don't think you are. Wow. I don't think he would. I don't think Joe would call himself a millennial. <laughs> oh, it was it was the comment. Of, it was a question about Drew Locke to Joe Flacco. Oh yeah. Have you talked to have you talked to Drew since his thumb injury? That's what the question was. <laughs> what if Joe is like, no, I don't talk to injured guys? Uh Joe essentially said, like, uh, I mean, we just had lunch together, but his thumb didn't come up if that's what you're asking. Could you imagine if he was like yeah, actually, I was really concerned about it. I gave it a massage earlier today. <laughs> that would have been an amazing answer. He's like, yeah, actually, Drew's been uh, coming over every evening after practice. I've just been doing some hand therapy on his thumb. I've been sucking on his thumb. <laughs> oh. He's like, the only thing I bring up is, that, uh, is why he's sucking on his thumb because he's such a little baby. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, we're still doing the question of the week. The next one is from Harrison Keatinch, who says, Chubb, wreck another game. Sorry, not happening. Andrew Carter says, zero mistakes from Bulls. Isn't Andrew Carter like an NSYNC member? I don't think so. You're thinking of, um, there was Nick Carter. Ah, that's what I'm thinking of. And then Aaron Carter. Okay, Aaron. That's what I'm thinking of. Was his little brother. Yep, okay, okay. Uh... We've got, well, there is a good chance that Baker Bulls makes no mistakes because he's not even going to play. Uh, Harry Urban says big plays on offense. Dom says Draymond Jones to tear it up. You should see, well, he should have the opportunity to. Right, and is the Dream Killer going to be out there? Is he too valuable? He, no, he should be. He should be out there. Did you catch the little part I included in my story um, for my conversation with Chris Harris Jr. that I did not tell about on the pod? No. Mm, you guys are going to have to read. Gonna have to jump in there. You're gonna have to Malik read that story. Oh, because I threw in a little a little tidbit from my conversation with Chris Harris Jr. that is relevant to Malik Reed. I love it. I love it. And Brian, is Broncos camp still going on? Broncos camp is still going. Is on. still going on. And look, preseason. We'll be done with preseason in a week. So I'm sure Brandon will pick up on the fact that pre that training camp is over in a week from now. So. He could, no, he, he could pick up tomorrow. Let's make sure this is our little secret. No one tell him at the watch party tomorrow Don't that training that. camp is over. Don't do that. So hit that code Broncos Camp. Not only do you get $10 off, not only do you get the softest, coolest T-shirt out there, which you want for the season, but you get us. 
You get all of our content. You get to find out what Chris Harris said about the dream killer. When you're sitting there at three o'clock after you already burned through the podcast, and you're like, man, I miss Zach's voice. <laughs> you get to go on and see what story he's written most recently and hear him read it to you like a bedtime lullaby. And then you get Ryan's voice right after. And you, you can have my voice too. Uh, you might even get a little Andre. Mm. Um some of the interns who you don't even know. <laughs> you, I mean, there's there's all sorts of people who can read to you. They can def- We can definitely read you to sleep. Oh, absolutely. We could read you all night. I bet you that actually would be a decently relaxing background noise to fall asleep Probably to. Probably would be. Just people reading stories. Unless it's about the Broncos injuries. That'll, that'll give you nightmares. Yeah, so don't do Zach's Broncos <laughs> notebook from like two days ago. Exactly. Okay, moving on here from nick geyer he says he wants to see a philip Lindsay touchdown and then salute not happening from andre no more injuries well not to most of the starters at least yep vick's taking that one into his own hands Eamon badwin says everyone walk off the field with no injuries touch wood sorry ryan clayman he says the first team offense scored two touchdowns and texas bronco adds that and says sutton jump ball touchdown neither of those are happening it's okay with me. Uh, do you like Dags? Want to see the O line set the tone? The starting O line set the tone. Jack the Rams defense in the jaw and run the rock right down their throat. O for three. Nope. Mile high magic. And, says- and real quick, one thing that I'll add to why I support Vic Fangio's decision. I mean, I support it no matter what. In terms of resting the starters, I also support it because it wouldn't be a real litmus test because Sean McVay isn't playing his starters. So it's not like you're getting a real dress rehearsal. You're getting ones versus twos, which you can control in practice. Exactly. Exactly. Next one coming in from Mile High Magic says, no injuries, and have we had a bad snap? I already got those, so I think we're done. Out of of order, there we go. We hit them all. We hit them all, and with that, I think we got to talk about the good old people down at Breckenridge Brewery. Tomorrow night, as we are taking in the Broncos' uh, uh, bout with the second team of the Los Angeles Rams, one thing that I know will make it better is Breckenridge beers. Strawberry Skies will be flowing. I know they have Avalanche Amber Ale there. They've got a lot of Breck brews on tap at Blake Street Tavern. And, and if there's anything that can make Breck brews better, it's having them on tap. So make sure you come down and hang out with us. We're going to have deals on Breckenridge beers. Uh, We'll be pouring them down all night. And that should make our little post-game podcast quite interesting. It'll make it very entertaining, we'll say. Entertaining. Yes, it will. (laughs) Yes, it will. And remember, don't leave comments on this podcast. We will not read them on that one. Leave your comments from the game on that one. I can't wait. I'm going to tell you, I woke up this morning so pumped. About what? For tomorrow. Not because, not the game, but the Breck Brews, the boys, the football, the, f- the, the girls. fantasy draft? Everything. I'm excited the to fantasy? play. Fantasy? Man. I'm excited to play golf. I'm a little sad. I had to cancel the second tee time. No one, uh, no one else wants to play. So it's just a couple of us going out there and having a good round to start the day. You're talking about like a 16-hour day tomorrow. Yeah. If you get golf in... The day can't be bad. It's 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 Strava in one hand, strawberry sky in the other hand all day, right? Yep. Yep, exactly. Um real quick, I mentioned on this podcast that my driver broke. I just want to give a shout out to Callaway customer service. Mm. Goodness gracious. They took better care of me than I could have ever dreamed of. They were just like, Oh, really sorry to hear that. 
what's the shaft? What, what, what kind of grip do you want on that? Cool. We'll have it to you in three to five business days. That's insane. Is it coming like, today? Just send us. Hopefully it comes today. They're like, just send us the broken one. As long as you send us that, then we're good. How far is this ball going to go now? Who knows? Forever. What were you doing? 480 last time? Yeah, 480. <laughs> I can actually drive it further in real life than I can on WGT. <laughs> wow. Wow. Speaking of WGT, how'd you do? I think I did pretty darn well for a guy who just downloaded the game this week. I think you beat me. I, 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 it's not that I just wanted to stick with my first take, but I did my first take, and I want to keep. I, I want to be easy on you. All right, what'd you do? But I think you beat me. What did you get? Eight point one. I beat you. Yep, I knew I it. beat you. And I if, knew you, it. if you want the screenshot for it. me to prove it, I, I, I kept. I kept the screenshot too. I trust you. All right. Uh, let me just pull mine up here so I can be sure. Honestly, I thought it. For some reason, I thought it was four point one. And so I was like, well, I'm definitely staying with that. And then I looked today, eight. So that's a little disappointing on my part. Until late last night. And I mean late last night. I had the best score of anyone I've seen. And I was about to be really hyped. And I was going to take that Denver Milk Market gift card for myself. Were you sub two? 2.12. 2. 2.12. 2.12. And that was the best I had seen, Zach. Until, let me find it here for us. Bear with me. Aquaman, at Aquaman H2O, came in last night, 13 hours ago, and beat me at the buzzer. Oh. 1.75. Wow. I mean, what are we talking about? It, the wind could almost blow the ball in at that point. That is tight. You know what, Zach? You freaked me out <laughs> on, the, on the Sunday night podcast. Mm. Wait. Monday night podcast. Tuesday morning podcast. Tuesday morning podcast. <laughs> do you know what you did? What did I do? You said, uh, I was, we were talking about the game, and uh-huh. you're like, I'm an ace at that game. <laughs> I'm a hole in one. <laughs> and I truly thought this whole week, I thought you were going to come on here and say you aced the hole. And I was about to be so pissed. <laughs> I would definitely be taking that $50 milk market. So like, I actually feel amazing about beating you now, because all week, uh, I, I was like, <laughs> There's no way I can get better than, than my shot right now, and I think Zach beat me. Oh, I almost called the, called the bluff. Are you – I almost played the bluff. I almost played the bluff of, of not getting a hole-in-one. Maybe you just gave up after you go, like, 14 on your first one. Yep. Now I know what I have to do. I have to be, I have to be closer than two feet to beat you. So congratulations to Aquaman. And if you're listening to this, email info at bsndenver.com. Just say, hey, I'm Aquaman. I won. Maybe have your screenshot there to prove it, and you're going to get hooked up with a Denver Milk Market gift card. And everyone who played, even if you had like 60 feet away, which I saw from some of you, I appreciate the effort. (laughs) Um, Everyone who played is going to be entered in to win the grand prize, and the grand prize, of course, is your choice of tickets to a game or a jersey. Because we couldn't decide. We said, oh, should it be tickets to a game or a jersey? And I'm like, well... If someone in Australia wins, right. they're not going to want the tickets to a game. But if someone in Denver wins, they might really want those tickets. So right. you're going to get to choose if you enter in every week. Doesn't matter how far you are. Just enter in every week, and then it'll be a random drawing of all of those who played every week. You all will have a chance to win the grand prize. Uh, that is too cool. And what are we doing this week, Ryan? This week, 
We are going with hole one at Wolf Creek on the closest to the hole challenge. So not hole one on the actual course. But if you go in, and we talked about this before, you go in and you go to game modes, you go... How do I do this? You go head to head. No, no, you don't. You don't. Do you go game modes. You go stroke play. Stroke play and CTTH, yep. which stands for closest to the hole. Yep. If you didn't catch I that, I did know that. And then you go Wolf Creek, which is the first course that's available. You scroll down. You go to closest to the hole. You hit tee off, and then you tee off on hole number one, which is a par three, just like it was last week. And this one looks tougher. This one looks very, very tough. Wolf Creek looks like a nightmare to play. It looks like a cool course to play in person and like the hardest course you can play virtually yeah it's it's tough and there's some wind up there on that high set tee box maybe i maybe i'm going like 20 feet this week maybe, right, that's, I, maybe that's the goal i already tried it once and i already got it within 10 so i think within you can beat 10 that. oh I, I mean i'll definitely beat that all right so there you go hole one on the wolf creek closest to the whole challenge is this week's um challenge you have from today until Thursday night or really right before we start this podcast, which you could never know what time that's going to be. So just get it in by <laughs> Thursday night. That's when you have a chance to win the weekly prize. And of course, just playing gets you a chance to win the grand prize. Okay, Zach, let's take Sorry, a quick I'm over, break. I'm over here playing. I'm playing a whole one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let us know how you do on the other side of this quick break. Tax debt is impeding the growth of millions of small businesses in the U.S., that's why Symbio Tax and Administration's goal is to enable small businesses and individuals to make informed and calculated decisions when it comes to their taxes. Symbio Tax provides small business owners with expert services in resolving tax liabilities and providing financial clarity. I would recommend, George, to anybody who has to deal with the IRS. His strengths and depth of knowledge make him really valuable. You know, over the course of years as a real estate broker, I've had the opportunity to talk with many different tax people. But the one thing I have found with George is he was very easy to work with. He was very articulate. Symbio Tax is experienced in preparing returns for all income levels, as well as securing penalty abatements and settlements for qualified individuals that sometimes save the taxpayer thousands. George was able to save us about $7,000, and of course, you know, being an independent real estate broker, $7,000 is a substantial amount of money, and it was really nice to get that dealt with. They offer free consultations, so be sure to check out SymbioTax.com for more information. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O. T-A-X.com. Going along here on the BSN Broncos podcast. And Zach, I wonder if some people wish we never went to Broncos headquarters because <laughs> every time we record a podcast that isn't there, it ends up being extremely long. We sit down for a podcast there and I'm like, we have an hour and 10 minutes. How are we going to do this? And then we make it, we and make it happen. We hit it on the dot every time. And let me tell you, you guys are probably like an hour and 10 minutes is so short. It is like mind blowing long for for podcasts, right? Yeah, I, I mean, a hundred percent. No one is doing podcasts as long. No one. I'd be willing to guess that no one on any subject is touching <laughs> yeah. two hours consistently yeah. while doing a daily podcast. No, no one's touching ten hours a week. No chance. <laughs> um. Anyways, our first segment was so action packed that we forgot to do the, the preseason fantasy draft. So Zach, why don't we jump right into this and try to make it snappy? I think I have the first pick. 
right? You had yeah, it last week, Drew and last we're doing Snake. Wow, for the first time all all preseason, Drew Locke won't be the first overall pick. Maybe he will be. And Drew Locke was going to lead me to victory last week before he got hurt. Do you know how awful I feel about this first pick? Oh, wow, you're doing it. Kevin Hogan. I, I mean... I feel, I feel terrible, but the reason... If, if we knew that Brett and Kevin were each getting half... I'm going. I'm going. Brett all the way with my very first pick. I think it's going to be like three quarters and one quarter. How much are interceptions worth negatively? Oh, <laughs> uh, two, right? Right. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's like a ticking time bomb. The longer oh, he's out there. <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> uh, we're snaking this, right? Yep. So you get you get the next oh, two right. picks, and there's only two possible quarterbacks, and so all right. right, so yeah, just you can just mark down. Would you, down would you have last... done the same thing or no? No, I wouldn't have. <laughs> uh, well, then who would have been your first pick? Because you can tell me now. Brett. No way. Yep. Wow. I think. I mean, he's only been out there for a quarter, and he's got the only passing <laughs> touchdown of the entire preseason for the Broncos. I'm hoping he doesn't play. Oh God, that'd be terrible. He's gonna play. Um. So with my first pick. Goodness gracious, this is hard. Yeah, diving into the depths, and this isn't even the fifth preseason game. This guy has been a high pick every week and, and really hasn't lived up to the hype, but I'm going with him again. Juwan Winfrey. Oh, I like that. I like that. And with the next one... He would have been my next pick. Can I ask you a question? I want to ask you a question for the, for the sake of the pod content but it also kind of makes this unfair before i make this pick so maybe we'll have this conversation after i make the pick okay you sure we can have it before yeah you think so sure what tight ends are playing in this game uh not no offense nope jeff hireman no nope jake butt mm, maybe we don't know i feel like why would you i guess he has to have a chance to make the team Charles Olson? Close. And that's actually Orson? who I was going to pick here, I'll be honest. My thought was to pick Orson Charles. Oh, my gosh. Do it. Orson Charles? Orson Charles. And I said Charles Orson. Olson. You said Charles Olson. <laughs> By the way, some sad news. Want to play a game? Yes. Aaron Wallace, still on the team? No. Oh. oh, no. Sad news. That was our guy. He survived like months after the first time we played the game. He really did. Man. Charles Olsen. Still on the team. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Wow. I'm taking wow. the new guy. They. I mean, I think he might make the team. So it's Charles Olsen. No, it's or- Orson, Orson Charles. Charles. <laughs> Not to be confused with George Orson. No, sorry. George Austin? Or, not to be confused with Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Or George Orwell. Or George Austin. I think they're all George historical Aston? figures. George Or George Aston. <laughs> <laughs> Should I go George Aston with my tight end? You can't. You know what I'm going to go with? You're, you're done, right? Your two picks are in. Yep. I'm going Troy Fumagalli for my tight so end. So I thought about him, but... Do you think he's like a starter quality? I just... What if he gets hurt? Oi. You, so they may have to hold him out? If he gets hurt, then you have two tight ends. Although, I'm thinking Orson Charles might make the team. 
as a tight end fullback hybrid. So then Jake Butt doesn't make the team. Don't think so. Okay. Why would you not just IR Jake Butt again? You absolutely 100% should. There's zero reason. And there's no reason to play him. All and right, then, who's who's your next pick? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, we said we were going to be fast, right? I am going to go. I'm going to go with Kalfani Muhammad. He's still on the team, huh? He's, he's still. He's been MIA since uh, since the Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame game. game. Yep, but I think he's going to hook it up. All right. Well, I'm going to take Devonte Jackson. Yeah, that's a, that's a good. He's been he's been the hot one. He has been playing better recently, for sure. Yep. Uh, what other running backs are out there? That's about it. <laughs> Devontae Booker, is he going to have to play? You have Devontae Booker. Oh, my God. You have him and David Williams. Ah. Old, so those are, the, those are the only two options here. Because there's no way Royce is playing, right? Nope. <clears throat> All right, well, then I'll take Devontae Booker as my oh, other running back. man, that's my guy. I can't believe that. Vic Fangio had really nice things to say about him yesterday. He did. He did. He did. And that that's, I mean, there's no question he's making the team, right? In place of Theo, at least to start. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, now, my next two picks, easy. Easy. I'm going to go back-to-back. Wide receivers. Kelvin McKnight and Fred Brown. Kelly McKnight, downtown Fred Brown, which leaves me – Am I? are we at the end here? I just have Close. one wide receiver and Brett Rippon. And a flex. Oh, okay. So uh, there's a couple more rounds here. <laughs> it's almost as quiet fast as your fantasy draft last night. Oh, God. I was in a Pac-12 fantasy draft last night. Six teams went – the fantasy draft ended in 29 minutes. Oof. It was incredible. Oof. Uh, anyways – I have a wide receiver and a flex. A wide, wide receiver, receiver and, and flex. flex. Yep. Okay. Well, obviously, I can't even I can't even flex a running back unless I want to pick someone who's not playing. Um, <laughs> so I got to pick two wide receivers here in a row. Can you remind me of some players on the team? Let me get Trinity Benson. I don't know if we're going to be able to fill out this roster. <laughs> Let me get Trinity Benson and Nick Williams. Wow. Okay. Going with Nick Williams. Okay, so then you're... He's had like a catch in every game, which can't be said for everyone. And a ball bounce off his face mask. And he was trying to be like a dog and catch it with his mouth. <laughs> hey, well, that's... Chris did say they need more dogs on special teams. So <laughs> <laughs> he's just following his uh, veteran leadership. All right, I'm going to round my roster out by going David Williams. So thank you for not taking him as your flex. That would have been very bad news for me. Uh, I, d- I th- feel like that would have been unfair. Yeah, it would have. So I, I appreciate you, that. You wouldn't have been able to have a second running back. I wouldn't have. So running backs are done. Yeah. What wide receivers are even left? You have River Craycraft, Stephen Dunbar Jr. Ah, Stevie Stickham. Brendan Langley. Oh, God. Still on the team, huh? No running backs. Any tight ends? I could go Bug Howard. Or Moral Stevens. Bug Howard's on IR. Bug Howard <laughs> is on IR. Did we pick anyone else on IR? No, the other guy that went to IR Horace was Richardson. Horace Richardson. Okay, I'm going to round it out. River Craycraft. Okay. Cray Cray. I'm going Cray Cray with that pick. Wow. What are we predicting for the high-scoring team here? Sub 10? <laughs> I was going to say over under 10. I think... <laughs> I'm going over. I think there's going to be touchdowns scored. 
I think so too. I think it's going to be an offensive explosion of like 14 to 13. I think Brett, Brett Rippon is going to carve up that fourth team Rams defense. Could you imagine having one of these actually be your starting fantasy team during a season? There's no one on this team who will even get dra- will even get drafted in any fantasy league anywhere, right? You may have two guys, but when I say that, I really mean just one. Who? Juwan Winfrey. Late. I guess if you're in like a dynasty league, right. And you can you can hold on to a guy like him um, for years on end. But none of these guys are starting. I think someone actually did tell us they drafted Juwan Winfrey in their dynasty league. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, what, Devontae Booker. Again, probably if you're in like a 16 team league. And you're drafting third running backs? Right. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That's rough. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, if either of us break 10 <laughs> points, I'd call that a win. Maybe we'll drink beers tomorrow if anyone breaks 10 points. You're usually pretty on top of it during the game, so we'll know. Yeah, we'll keep an eye. All right. Let's oh. move on here to the questions. 40. 40 of them. Four, zero. That is the new norm. That is, that's too cool. 40 piece, huh? 40. That's like two. When 20s. I looked at this morning, it was 33, and I'm like, that's manageable. <laughs> is this manageable? It's going to have to be. Let's see if we're still on the same pace. First one coming in from Bronco Country 21. I'm not to the page yet. Okay. Well, I think, I, I think I'm right. He says, my dudes, this is my first time commenting since being a subscriber for a few months. From growing up in Denver to living in Lincoln, Nebraska, where I was Yikes. born, to now living in Des Moines, I feel like I can finally put some debates on this pod to bed. Nice. Colorado has the best water. Boom. Nebraska has the best beef and sweet corn. Maybe. And Iowa has the best pork. Can you debate the other two? Uh, I just know my stepdad is from Iowa, and mm. he says that Iowa beef is the best. So you may actually say, okay, okay. I take his word for it. The, here's the thing. is like I'm never going to side on anything Nebraska. <laughs> right, right, never. He says, now, Ryan, as you're probably aware, my Huskers mm-hmm. are playing your buffs again for the next couple of years, and it used to be a heated rivalry, which has me so excited. It's only six hours and 15 minutes from the E470 exit to Lincoln. Next year, you auto-load your car up with a bunch of Breck brews and make the trip. You must not have been listening to this pod Last year. He did it. Because I had the greatest time of my life Yep, celebrating in Lincoln, Nebraska with a big old Buffs win. With a bunch of nice Nebraska fans. Way too nice. <laughs> you Everyone was nice except for the guy that I fell into and knocked down the bleachers <laughs> as me and my friends were celebrating the LaVisca Chenault touchdown that sealed the game. I guess that's understandable, right? Yeah, he was slightly upset. <laughs> Slightly upset as he tumbled down three rows of stairs. And it was not my fault. Mm. I got pushed. Ah. Fell backwards into him. Which created like a chain reaction. You okay? I was fine. Except I broke my favorite pair of sunglasses. Oh, right. Did you ever find a way to get a new one? Yep, I did. Nice. got multiple new ones. Nice. Actually, my girlfriend got multiple new ones for me. I got one that wasn't as good. (laughs) Uh, But she nailed it. Um... Yeah, he was upset, but everyone else was really, really nice. <laughs> and I actually had to like calm him down because I think he thought I just like tackled him. Right. And he was like ready to throw. Oh wow. It, which I feel like you have to be if someone tackles you down <laughs> <Yeah>. the bleachers. <laughs> and I was like, bro, 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 it was an accident, it was an accident. I'm really, really sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And uh he forgave me. You think uh CU fans are gonna be that nice? 
No. In fact, quite, quite the opposite. Mm. And to be honest, I don't mind that. Oh, wow. You come into our territory... You deserve to get treated like uh, like visitors. Wow. So maybe uh, Bronco Country 21 won't be making that trip. I think a lot of Nebraska fans will be making that trip. So do you agree with this? He says Lincoln is a great time on game day. Sure is. He says you might have to watch the Buffs lose, but hey, I'd give you the full game day experience and you'd at least have a good time. Man, the Buffs haven't lost to Nebraska in like a decade. <laughs> right. And they played once. They haven't lost in Nebraska in like a decade. <laughs> That's crazy. He says, no question for you guys. Just CSU's wanted- beaten the Buffs more recently than Nebraska has. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, you have, you have a game. You, you play CSU next week, Nebraska the week after. You get to go one and one. Where's the win? Where's the loss? It's so easy. It's, it's the, the losses to Nebraska? Yep. Yeah. I, th- I thought you'd be like, do you, think, do you think every CU fan feels that way? Uh, no, because I think a lot of fans have a more deep-seated hate for Nebraska. Right. Um, and more fans probably just just brush off CSU as the younger brother so they don't care as much about him. A loss in – Nebraska's in the top 25 right now. Are they? Yeah, which is kind of stupid. But Wow. Th- that's I can stomach a loss to a top 25 sure. team. Sure. Is CSU even a top 25 F – or is there, are they even oh a top twenty top twenty five non power five team? <laughs> I don't even know if a CSU fan would tell me the answer is yes. I don't know. So you uh, imagine also losing, being zero and one, playing Nebraska. Right. I mean, then if you come off as a win, you feel like the whole season right. has been reclaimed. Right. It's true. But it's true. The question is, do I come back? alive after those two games (laughs) do you come back on this pod if something terrible goes wrong in one week from now yeah uh just prepare for a raspy voice (laughs) on the next pod after whenever probably probably regardless of the score yep yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah oh god he closes out and says no question for you guys just want to say hey and tell you guys you provide the best broncos coverage on the planet Sorry for the long comment, but this is my first one, so I have an excuse. It wasn't too long, Broncos country. No, it we wasn't love, too We long. love having you on board, and we love having you, you comment. Also, anytime I get to talk about college football, I'm happy. <laughs> All right, next one's from Bronco Duck. He says, first, WGT Golf is awesome. I agree. Great app. Second, while on vacation in Montana, I picked up some Colorado whiskey. Stranahan's cast strength. Wow, it's delicious. Anyways, on the football. Yep. <laughs> Great whiskey yep. uh, made with Colorado water. So mm. everything made with Colorado water is better. Have you ever gone there and made it? Help them make it? No. Have yeah, you? I haven't either, but you can. You have to like sign up for it, and then they give you a free bottle at the end. Seems, I mean, do you have to pay? No. You work like three or four hours for them, and they give you a free bottle of whiskey. That's about $10 an hour. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the worst. Or more, depending on if it's three or four. Right. I think it's about 40, 40 bucks for I a bottle. I think so. Yep. Yep. Not bad. Uh, anyways, he says, it feels like I'm getting to the point of the preseason where I'm overthinking everything. I'm trying to take more of a bird's eye view of this team or maybe a duck's eye view. Oh. Ultimately, we have an upgraded quarterback, an upgraded offensive line coach, upgrades on defense, and most importantly, head coach. I think we're going to surprise a few people in the national media. I checked out our team offensive stats last year. We were 12th in team rushing and 19th in team passing, although 24th in passing TDs. Which area of our offense do you think will improve the most in 2019? I say passing TDs. Better. I mean, because look what you did. 
Cortland Sutton should be more of a weapon in the red zone. Noah Fant is going to be a big weapon in the red zone. And I think I think that Joe Flacco is also going to bring a presence in the red zone. How confident are you in Noah Fant being ready for week one? Confident. Okay. What about you? I don't know. I just, I'm always worried. Yeah, oh, I said it with a little, little skepticism. <laughs> a little setback. Oh, you hit a pothole. Yeah, pothole. That's the new thing when... They need, to, some, they need to repave the roads around there. <laughs> Speaking of which... Roads around here were uh, touched up. Were they? Yeah, they were. Nice. They were. <laughs> uh, no potholes for me. <laughs> um, I just, I would hate to see that, but I just, I don't know. I, I think Orson Charles is making a roster. <laughs> uh, and he can fill two, two depth spots for you. That would be, yeah, I guess he would be taking the fullback spot. But gosh, you got to ha- stop having guys be out for one to two weeks at the beginning of the season. It's killing them. They're going to have to cut five guys that they don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. It makes things really difficult on John Elway. It does. You better get back in the building. I know. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I mean, he's making money to sign people, I guess. <laughs> We're eight days away from cut day. That's pretty wild. Feels like with these two daunting preseason games still ahead of us that there's so much more. And cut day is on the Saturday after the yep. Rocky Mountain Showdown. Yep. Hopefully I don't get cut. <laughs> All right, from Adjathans, what really happened with Marquette King? Was it on-field sucking or off-field sucking? Any stories? I feel like when he was signed, it was a huge story, and when he left, it was pretty quiet. He even made, like, a hype video on social media before the season started. <laughs> didn't he make uh, the hype video after beating the Raiders? Yep, he did, and he didn't even have a good game. <laughs> um, so I what really happened? Was it off-field or on-field sucking? The answer is... Both. I was going to say everything. Everything. He was the biggest disaster to come into Denver in since Josh McDaniels. Paxton I mean, Lynch. He came in. He, he came in, blew some stuff up, and left. Like, started a media feud. <laughs> Which made ESPN. Yep. Uh, he threatened to fight someone in the media. <laughs> Uh, and they called his bluff, which was actually pretty baller. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. I mean, and then he sucked at punting. Yeah. He was not good. He didn't hit a clean ball, I don't remember. And I think it w- it was spun off in a way where it was like, yeah, his teammates like him. He, maybe they were fine with him. Maybe they didn't hate him. But he was not a guy that had friends. I bet he got along real well with Sue Cravens. <laughs> <laughs> I bet so. <laughs> he was He was all about his wine. Weirdest thing, the guy didn't want to talk about football. I understand if like you're a punter and you're just a little off, you have other hobbies. But come on, if you're gonna if you're gonna do an interview, you you imagine you're gonna have to answer a few football questions. Not only did he not want to talk about football, he literally said the quote to me once: "I don't like football." <laughs> oh my gosh! He just was really good at punting. Was able to make money off of it. It's the only reason he did it. And he doesn't have a job any- anymore, does he? No, because he like left the building on fire. Yeah, that that'll follow you. And then he like blamed them for yeah. messing up his punting, but yep, he did a few more videos based off of that. It was as bad as it could be, especially for a guy who was brought in to be a high-priced free agency acquisition. That whole scenario is like the general overarching feeling I have towards the Vance Joseph era. Right. Like just dysfunction and, right. and it like wasn't weirdness all in the locker room. No. 
Right. But there's a lot of like just weird feeling. Like Carlos Henderson yeah. gives me that feeling. Uh. Um, even Chad Kelly to an extent gives me that feeling. There's just like this, this like, right. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm happy it happened from a journalistic standpoint. Cause now I know what like a bad locker room looks like. Right. Exactly. You know, the feeling I, I can like walk in and just feel that vibe. <laughs> Walked into this locker room yet. We won't get to do that until the regular season starts. So we don't know exactly what the vibe is yet. Next one here is from Lower Ready. Hey, guys. A little help on the name since it seems to struggle each time I comment. It's like low, like the home improvement store, and then the word ready. Low Ready. Low Ready. We used to say Lower Ready. Lower Ready. Low Ready. Jam them together and it's Low Ready. My question is how would you grade Drew Locke's preseason now that it's over? I'd give him a B, solid but not great, and I'm okay with that. Looking forward to the season. Great work as always, guys. Yeah, I think that's fair. B plus. I want to give him an INC for incomplete. Incomplete. <laughs> um, it was trending towards an A for me. Yeah. And I have like a pit in my stomach over the fact that we're just missing out on the end of it. Right. It just, I didn't, everything was, the train was on the tracks heading towards the destination. And I hate that it's been derailed. It really bugs me. I'm going B plus because it was trending in the right direction and because I think he would have ended with an A. I do too, and I'll give him a B plus as well. He started with a, a, about a, a D and trended all the way up to a B plus, and we were going to get to an A. Exactly. He was going to start this game. Yep. He was. Well, his injury is the reason. Vic Fangio was asked, was Drew Locke trending in the right direction to be the Broncos' backup? And he said he was tracking to be there so yeah he was going to be the backup there was no question about that i also love the honesty i love the honesty we we wouldn't have got that the past two years definitely not we, oh situations change change i can't i can't do that i can't be hypothetical so right honest now. it's amazing <laughs> yeah all right long one here from s's to bestest but it's worth it he says what up bsn rockstars long time no comment i'm honestly so blown away by this awesome community such great people friends, and amazing fans of our beloved Broncos. I've heard quite a few music shout-outs on this podcast, and I've been listening for a few years, so I'm just going to throw out some music that I've made on my own. Awesome. On November 8, 2018, my hometown of Paradise, California, was burned down to the ground by one of the worst fires in national history and the worst in California history. My family and most of my friends lost everything. Luckily, my house was saved by the amazing firefighters, but we still had smoke damage in our home as well as undrinkable water and couldn't live there for a few months. After that, I wrote a song that dealt with my depression, anxiety, and emotions during this tragic time in my life. The song is called Reimagined by my band Phantom Spring. Please give it a listen and buy it if you'd like. Uh, if I get my money back on making the song, I'm planning on splitting anything I make with that 50-50 and donating half of the earnings to my town and charities that help with preventing wildfires and rebuilding the community. The song is on every major streaming site and to purchase it on iTunes and, and available to purchase on iTunes, Google Play, as well as many others. No Broncos question today. Super sorry about the long comment, but please keep up the great work, BSN Rockstars and Broncos Country. With love, Joe Estes. Holy cow, that is too cool. I talk about it every single podcast. Some you know, one comment gives me chills, and this is unquestionably this one. And remember, the song is reimagined. By Phantom Spring. He also drops the YouTube link in there. And uh, I've downloaded the song. And we're going to go out on the podcast uh, today yes. with that. I freaking love it. S's Bestest, thank you so much for, for opening up 
man, we are, our, our thoughts and, and, and hearts are with you. That is, that's quite a year to go through. For sure. And I, I think uh, we'll get quite a few downloads from the family here. It's a good song. Absolutely. It's a good song. All right. Next one here is from Sir James Radio. Said so speaking on the subject of Monday Night Football announcers, ESPN had the opportunity to have the legend and true national treasure Pat McAfee call their games. Sure, they have him for Thursday Night College Football, but McAfee moves the needle. Could you imagine him and Booger together? It's essentially printing money. You were right about everything until that last <laughs> line. Yeah. Why put him with Booger? Why not just have him? Just him with what? Sean McDonough? Is that sure. the other guy? Sure. Put him. Put those two together. Why? Why is there kind of pushback against Pat McAfee? Now, now there's so now he's there's like a barstool an guy. He's he's a guy that I would trust, though. If I was ESPN, I would trust him to to not go off the rails. <laughs> would you not? And, and I don't mean that in a negative way okay. in terms of the barstool thing. I like I totally get what barstool does and why people like it. Um, ESPN, I just think thinks they're in a different two buttoned up yes because they tried this once before to have like a comedy like comedian in the booth on monday night football and it was the most epic it was worse than the failure of last year who was it i forget but it was like this three-man booth one of the guys was like a comedian and it just failed miserably yeah maybe maybe too off the chain for their biggest thing john gruden was like the perfect guy because he was like kind of funny in his own weird way, and he was also a former football coach, so they like had that going for them, and he knew the game really well, but he was also like funny in his way. If they got it though, I think they would they would make this move. Maybe, maybe you know not. What the, it, you know what the perfect booth would be? What with McAfee? Who Manning? Oh yeah. Although I think you probably need like a professional driver. Right, right, a three man crew. But. Manning and McAfee, they were teammates. Yep, they would have the chemistry. That that would probably go oh, off. Oh, that would be that would be unreal entertainment. Definitely not Booger. No. And McAfee though. <laughs> no. But McAfee would have been great. I'm excited to hear him call games. And maybe this is his his stepping stone to for this job or for a bigger job. If he can show that he can be professional right. and funny at the same time, right? He'll be up. He'll move up quick. Yep. Yep. All right. Next one's from Nick Geyer. He says, "Yo, Ryan, are you in the pay league? I am." Uh, he says, I only asked because you were included in Burrito Brad's email to the four people who haven't signed into the league yet, <laughs> which I was included yet. But I just hope it's true that uh, you're in the draft because I'm kind of bummed my dude Zach isn't. So had yeah, to split it up. We're in two different leagues. So but we we'll wanted to make sure everyone had a shot to kick our ass <laughs> in fantasy football. But we'll still be – we'll both be there tomorrow? Yep, we will both be there drafting. Uh, I, I'm glad that you're not in my league, honestly. Because I'm too good? No, because we just have a lot of similar opinions. <laughs> it's really true. I, if you had a pick before me, it'd probably be who I was going to pick. Yep. <laughs> and, and vice versa. I think it happened a couple times the other yep. way around last yep. year where you picked my guy. Yep. And then you went on to win. So, <laughs> honestly, I should have won. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it Oh, works. you didn't win. You lost in the finals. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Buffalo to a non, Bills. To a non-Bronco fan. Buffalo Bills of BSN. <laughs> over here. Anyways, he your, says. Your Buffalo Bills. Yes, my bills. (laughs) He says, my question is, what is your ideal BSN get-together? Like, how many people and where? And will you beat Zach at beer pong? I want to know both of you guys. Dream BSN meetup, no limitations. I honestly think we're doing them. I mean, it it is so cool 
that now it would also be cool to do these in cities around the world and travel to you guys, but it would be the same setup. You know, it wouldn't be, uh, it, we, we wouldn't do like coffee at 7 a.m. That wouldn't be the BSN way. Or like we're like on a stage podcasting <laughs> right. out to the people. Right, right. Yeah, my, I was going to say my, my dream BSN meetup would be like in the streets of Brazil, mm. hanging out, bar hopping, and eating like <laughs> Brazilian street food. Kind of like a New Orleans Bama Boys trip just down in Brazil yes. with our people. A hundred percent. That would be my dream. Yeah, yeah, that'd be something else. I've only heard amazing things about Brazil too. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen one it. day. Maybe that's it. One day it'll happen. Uh, from Iceman. Hey boys, I heard a podcast where they said McChesney was, uh, where they said McChesney was killing gumballs. Being I'm still a podcast virgin, I decided to check out this BSN McChesney Unchained. <laughs> oh my God, Matthew is by far my new favorite solo podcaster. Uh, I enjoy the occasional f bomb, but McChesney has been totally unchained for sure. By the time you read this, it will be 24 hours until the BSN Open slash International Draft Broncos watch party. If the starters are done for the preseason, the Broncos would be in a world of hurt this 100th season of the NFL. They are nowhere near ready, even for the Raiders. Go Broncos. Here's the thing, though, Iceman, is the Raiders aren't ready either. They're not playing their starters either. So, like like I said earlier, everyone's five steps back. Yep, absolutely. Next one from Manning, the Manning-faced God. Says, hey, guys, haven't commented in a while. Do you think the front office will add another inside linebacker before the season starts? I have faith in Josie and Todd, but as you know, injuries are just killing us. Do you see us trying to trade for someone like Sean Lee or maybe bring back Wesley Woodyard? Thanks, guys. You're the best. I love that you guys are always trying to improve the roster, but these things just never happen. Trades trades will not happen. Now, earlier... Sorry to interrupt. I could see them. Some team cuts a guy that they liked coming out of the draft or something like um, what's our guy from New Mexico State? I forget his name. Mm, yeah. Hanks. Terrell Tanks. Hanks. Yeah. Uh, like maybe he gets cut and they and they bounce out there and grab him. But it's not going to be a big name. Right. Exactly. Um, the Ravens signed Paul Warrillow. How do I? Okay. Yeah, did, sure. Did I pronounce that right? Uh, today. And apparently, according to people, the Broncos did have interest in him but missed out on him. So they are maybe looking to bring in guys, but it's guys on the street. Right. Next one's from Count Flacula. says, when I was 10 years old, I bet $5 on the Broncos versus the Redskins in the Super Bowl. Needless to say, I had to pay up, but in order to do so, I had to steal 500 pennies from my mom's change <laughs> jar. I courteously rolled them up, and when I handed them over to the, the coins to the other kid, he straight clocked oh me in the God. eye. Oh Talk about adding God. insult to injury. Have either of you fine gents ever made a bad sports bet? Signed the count. Well, I think the idea you got for this was me telling you about my bad sports bet yesterday, in which after many cold snacks, I th- I bet on the Buffs to win eight games, <laughs> and I think it was 2010, but it could have been any year except for 2016 in the last 15, and I would have been wrong. You also made a, another bad bet, a pizza bet. You bet that the Buffalo Bills are going to have more wins than the Cleveland Browns. I still don't know how I made that bet. And didn't get odds or anything. But it makes, me, uh, it makes me excited. <laughs> because you know what? Anything can happen in this crazy league. I saw Josh Allen, the defensive end, have a good game last night. He had, he had a big play. Maybe, Josh Allen, maybe that'll rub off on Josh Allen, the quarterback. Josh Allen, the defensive end, plays for the Jets? Jags. Jags. Yep. Jags. Jags. Yep. Another J1. Jags. 
<laughs> I made a good bet once. Um, I've made many. Super Bowl 50. It was before Super Bowl 50. It was the playoffs. Uh, I had a buddy who just dogged, ragged on the Broncos. And they were the number one seed. I was like, hey, look, you can get uh, Broncos at 5-1 to one odds right now to win the Super Bowl. And he's like, oh, my God. No, I'll, I'll give you 8-1. to one. And I said, really? And he was so cocky about it. He said, yeah, but your, your bet has to be minimum 40 bucks." And I said, you're in. So I lose 40 bucks, and you're going to give me 8-1 to one odds if they win the Super Bowl. He was like, yeah. 240? It was, uh, what was it? Yeah, something like that. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. No, sorry, 320. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so that was the best bet I ever made. Obviously, we know how it turned out. That's a really good one. That's better than anyone I've <laughs> yeah. ever made. Um, trying to think of like a big one that I, oh, okay. This is a series <laughs> of bets. This is a series of bets that's pretty incredible. Back when the when I used to cover the Buffs, I every year would go to Vegas for the Pac-12 tournament. Yep. And one of the years there, I bet the spread on every single game in the entire Pac-12 tournament and hit on every single one. And each day, <laughs> no I parlayed all of them together. No way. So the first day, I was four for four on a four-game parlay. Second day, four for four on a par- four-game parlay. Third day, two for two on a two-game parlay. <laughs> In the final day, one for one. So you were perfect? Perfect. Wow. That's why my friends that were there gave me the nickname the Pack Fesser. Oh my gosh. Were they all at what point did they all start jumping on with you? I, I told them not to because they would jinx me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well I, actually I just didn't tell them what my bets were. Okay, until the game started. Until I already had my ticket. Yep. Yep. Wow. Um and there were some wild backdoor covers to oh, make me perfect. I, I mean, you don't win four, eight, ten, eleven games in a row without some crazy luck. That is insane. Yep. Just one of those. Just winning one four-team parlay is impressive. Just going four for four on the money line would be impressive. Right. Right. Wow. So yeah, that was that. That one lives forever in infamy. In my, I mean, I still have friends who call me the Pack Fesser. Have you tried it again? Um, no, I haven't been back since that year. You can never go back. That was also the same year that that guy gave me that no $5,000 coin. No way. Yes way. <laughs> wow. Actually, yeah, no. You were a good luck charm that trip. I think that's correct. I think that is correct. That's insane. I don't know. Now I'm, now I'm questioning that, myself. That is in. Same. Anyways, um, I'm trying to think if there's another bad bet I've made that would stand out there. But the one I made was already so bad that I think that one's good enough. <laughs> Next one from Brian. He says, Brian from L.A. Wait, you, you skipped a couple here. Oh, did I? Next one's from Steve Atwater Hall of Fame who chimes in on mm. the subject. He says, I'm a notoriously bad gambler. Literally every bet I make, I lose. The past three seasons, I've made a bet with my brother-in-law, a Chiefs fan, and father-in-law, a Rams fan, based on overall wins. Eek. Simple rules. Your team loses, you throw $10 into the pot, and the team with the best record at the end of the season wins the bet. Wow. Why did you do this? Wow. We just came off a Super Bowl, so I thought it was a sucker's bet. Needless to say, I am the reason the Broncos have been down, and the Chiefs and Rams are now relevant. <laughs> wow. You, so, you, you said the last two years. That would have been post-Trevor Simeon year one. Yep. It would have been. Maybe he meant right after the Super Bowl. Anyways, he said, rest assured, I'm not betting on the Broncos this season. And while I was in Vegas a couple of weeks ago, I placed the 
$50 bet on the Chiefs and Rams to win the Super Bowl. You guys are welcome. Uh, Love that. Love the counter counter bet. I'm sorry, Steve Atwater Hall of Fame, though. You know what that means? What? It means it's even more obvious that the Patriots are going to win. Uh, yeah, should have thrown a <laughs> Patriots bet in there, too. Anyways, Blue Ragu chimes in here at the end and uh, of um, Count Flacula getting punched in the face. He says, dude, that's harsh, but I think it was actually adding injury to insult. <laughs> I don't know. He paid up. It's true. Could you imagine? Five? Paid up and got punched. Should be one or the other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then you. I hope you took the bag of pennies and ran away, or smacked him with it. Hmm. That would hurt. And then it explodes too. And then he has to pick them all up. Oh, <laughs> play five hundred penny pickup. <laughs> Think about that before punching me in the face. Yeah, you're like, you want to play 500? Like, oh, I love that game. You just take the bag of pennies and just chuck it. You're like, 500, and you just walk away. That'd be pretty good. That would be pretty good. Brian says, Brian from LA, I'll make, I'll make it quick. With Chubb emerging as the player he is, what are the odds of Vaughn getting extended after his contract? I have the odd feeling that he's slowly being pushed out the door. Will Vaughn still demand top dollar? Later, fellas. This is 100% in the hands of Vaughn Miller. He's going to have to take a significant hometown discount to stay here in Denver. Um, but he can probably get another very large contract to go play somewhere else. Yeah. Do you think – so when's his contract up? So How old there's will he a, be? There's a team option after this year, and it's about for $25 million cap hit the next two years combined, or each year. There's a chance, a standing chance that this could be Vaughn Miller's last year in Denver? Yep. Yep. Wow. Team option. 25 I s- mil. I assume just because they've already structured everything around his contract, they would stick with it. I agree. Because it's not like they need a bunch of money to sign a quarterback. They already have right. another quarterback right now. They have two quarterbacks ready. Yep. Um, but, man, you could sign an, another – you could replace Chris Harris Jr. With a, with a lockdown corner and sign a plus pass rusher that's yeah. younger than Von Miller with that money. Yep. You could. You could. Now, two years from now, he'll be a total free agent. You think he'll still get top dollar? How old is he now? Third? I think that that Vaughn wouldn't mind pulling a LeBron James and finishing his career in a place where he can build his brand. Mm, Rams? So in L.A., yep, especially if Wade is still there. Who knows how long Wade's going to coach. Um, a New, New York? York with the Giants, I could see. So this was thrown out by a media member just a few days ago, which I don't think falls into what you're saying, but Cleveland. With his boy OBJ. OBJ, Baker, Baker next to across from Miles Garrett. The Texas A&M guy. Yep. Certainly a different move. It's going to be weird. Um, I, I very much envision a scenario if Von Miller doesn't finish his career as a Bronco. I do too. Hate to say it, but I just – is he going to take 10 from the Broncos when he can get 15 somewhere else or something like that? Is it DeMarcus Ware with, with the Cowboys leaving very, them? You know, he, he very much loves the Cowboys still. Obviously, different circumstances. He, he was looking to win his first Super Bowl. Uh, and, and Vaughn just says, you know, I'm ready for something else, maybe a team with a better shot to win. Cowboys. That would be something. Grew up it? a Cowboys fan. Wouldn't that be something? Talk about your brand. That'd be okay for your brand, wouldn't uh, it? That'd be great for your brand. <laughs> yeah. There's mm. too many. Like Von Miller doesn't strike me as like the Derek Wolf type. I think Derek Wolf might be very happy staying in Denver the rest of his career. I think so too. And I think Vaughn would too. 
But I think there's always a little part of him that thinks, what would, what would I be out there? Yep. How much more viral would my funny quotes go? Yep. Um, how many more Instagram and Twitter followers would I have? How big could my brand get? As I finish off the last three years of my career, can I turn myself into an international superstar? I'll tell you, the way he approaches media this year is very different than he's approached it in the past. And maybe that's just the way he's approaching media, but it's like he's over us. Very much so. But I think it, some of that has to do with losing. Sure. If they go out and start winning this year, I think Vaughn will be fun again on the podium. Right. Make Vaughn fun again. Uh, next one's from Sasha Sanga Harry. It says, due to our, net, our ineptitude in the red zone and McManus being McMoney with the field goals, in the next two preseason games, would you like to see the offense just go for it on fourth down and skip the field goal in the red zone? Yeah. Don't risk any more injuries. Right. Can't. Ha- I mean, can you – don't even what put if? Casey Kreider, Colby Wadman, and Brandon McManus are all starters too. Just go w- for it on every fourth down. I wouldn't play him. I personally wouldn't either. Go for it on every. I love this idea, Sasha saying Harry. It's fake football. Yeah. You do have to kick off. Very, very little risk and injury. Have Brandon kick off and jog Run to off the, the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take the tee with you also. I mean, if we're playing scared, which we are, Vic, we're playing scared, then just play fully scared. Brandon McManus, offensive MVP so far this this preseason. No question. Can't risk anything with him. He has all the points. Dang. Except for Brett Rippon to Juwan Winfrey. Yep, exactly. Ados Dio says, this username and profile picture is my favorite. It's just a picture. Oh, yeah. It's a picture of a hot dog. Yep. I wonder if that's his hot Well. (laughs) (laughs) from canadian orange and blue which kind of sounds like um a whiskey it does it does hey guys ben listening to the pot up in canada for almost two years but the freeloading days are over hey ladies and gentlemen we got got (laughs) him as the offer was just too good to pass up i just want to let you guys know that i've joined the beautiful bsn family you guys have the best coverage of any sports team on this planet thank you guys for everything that you do every day it's truly incredible keep up the good work. Zach's laugh is just too damn good, eh? Oh, my, my, my man. They thank you so much. Man, all of that just means so much. We love you guys. We're glad we got you. It's funny hearing the stories of people who have been freeloading for two years. And then I know there's one on this podcast today where someone said they, they just, they've only been listening for about a week. Oh. And they joined. Beautiful. Do, do you know where we're at? Is, is doubling up the record realistic? While you read this next question, I will check on that for Jewel you. Jewel Flacco says, My favorite media members told me that Vance Joseph wasn't the reason our quarterbacks were using VR last season. Real quick, is that is he referring to us? Did we say that? I think so. I assume. I, I, would, just, I would hope so, if it's his favorite media members. Yeah, I assume so too. Uh, that Vance Joseph wasn't the reason our quarterbacks weren't using VR last season, despite how much Case Keenum sang its praises before. So... Now the VJ is gone and our quarterbacks are using VR. What's the deal? If if we did say that it wasn't Vance Joseph's fault, I still stand by that. Because I don't I don't think Vance Joseph was like overtly against bringing it in. He just wasn't a um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But he wasn't pounding the table. I know yes, the exactly. He wasn't for. pounding the table. He was an advocate. Right. There it for is. For it. Um so you could technically interpret it that way. I would interpret it as this. I think Rich Scangarello, I'm just guessing here. Rich Scangarello came over from San Francisco and said, hey, we've got this VR thing over there, San Francisco. They're like right 
right in the heart of <laughs> yeah. uh, you know technology. Yeah. He said, "Hey, we've got this VR thing over there, and I think it did wonders for Nick Mullins uh, as I was trying to develop him. I, you know, if we're going to try and develop develop a young quarterback here, we got to get this." How do you say? How do you say no? And how and why would you say no as a head coach? The the real question is why wouldn't you have it in the first? Like why didn't Vance have it? Is a good question. You think you think Bill Musgraves pounded the table for VR? He should be. But are you shocked if I w- were to tell you, which I don't know, that he wasn't? Not even a little bit. Right. But I'm just saying, like, why are we? Why would your philosophy ever not be give me as many resources as possible? There's zero reason not to. And there's really cool stuff these guys can do. So now, Drew, it's not like a bad injury. It's just a nagging thing. He can go get mental reps. Real, like Not just mental reps where they talk about where you just stand out there on the practice field and try and stay focused. We're talking mental reps where he can go up and act like he's practicing. Yep. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Uh, so anyways, I, I still don't believe it. I mean, you could technically blame Vance Joseph for not being an advocate. Yep. But... I don't think it. I don't think he was a detractor saying no, 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 no way. I want that. It's maybe too hypothetical, but I'm still asking. Do you think Vic Fangio was a uh, the advocate for it coming? I mean, you kind of it, already answered it. It could be. I, I'm just guessing on Skangs. I would agree with you though. That makes that makes sense. And give credit to Vic. He didn't stand in the way. If this is how it all went down. For sure. And I guarantee you next week there will be plenty of questions no. about this. <laughs> you can, there are some you people who are quite interested. <laughs> All right. The next one's from Alaska Preston. And I'm just going to say this. Preston's picture is him playing mu- It's him jamming, I think. Mm-hmm. So we're going to need to hear, uh, hear some of that music there, yep. Preston. All right. He says, hey, Arcane Zach, after listening for a year, I decided to no longer be a mooch and subscribe. Hey. Got him. I had two Broncos. I had two BSN Broncos moments that pushed me over the edge that I wanted to share. All right. You ready? I'm ready. One, I was listening while cleaning a house in Park City. Despite the name, I'm currently in Utah. Um, I'm up on a ladder and had to keep facing away from my coworkers because your coverage of the passing of Mr. B nearly had me in tears. Wow. I admittedly did get choked up once I was luckily far away from everyone else. You guys did an amazing job eulogizing and conveying his legacy. That's pretty awesome. That is cool. That is awesome. We can be serious sometimes on this podcast. Yeah. Just usually not. (laughs) Um, He says, two, RK's damn good teeth reference (laughs) in reference to Green Mountain Dental was comedy gold. Do you think it also got him to go to Green Mountain Dental? Maybe. You know who I think definitely went to Green Mountain Dental? Who? Mike Shanahan. (laughs) (laughs) There's no question about that. He's got some damn white teeth. Maybe it was White Mountain Dental. (laughs) Which, coincidentally, is where Patrick Chung was going. <laughs> he was going to White Mountain Nose. <laughs> White Mountain Nasal. Um, <laughs> anyways, he says, I'm stoked to be a part of this community and can't wait for my Mile High Salute I never thought a Green Mountain Dental ad would get someone to subscribe. <laughs> no. Thanks for all the great content, and I'm looking forward to asking some Broncos questions. P.S. You guys should shout out your social handles. They're a great source of the up-to-the-second news, as well as you guys being great to interact with. Well, at Zach Stevens BSN. And at Ryan Koenigsberg. And We'd love it. Luckily, I have enough followers now where if you just type in Ryan K, I'll probably be one of the first things hey. to pop up for you. And by the way, Did RK10K. Did you? Not yet. Not yet. But the goal was by week one, right? Week one. Zach, we are officially... Oh, I lost a follower this morning. We are officially 21 followers 21. away from RK10K. That that will happen by the next time. 
Uh, I was going to say by the next time we talk, because I thought we were talking on Monday. But no, we're bringing you a post-game pod. Yeah, I'd say I usually pick up that, that many during a game. I think That's it's possible. That's true. That's true. It, it'll happen. All right. So follow us. If you don't, maybe you could be the one to push us over the top. I'm going for Z6. 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 You're just trying to get your sixth follower? The sixth follower. 6K. Ah, uh, 6K. It sounds like something that you would do on a Saturday morning. <laughs> All right, from Dylan C. West 3. Here it is. Well, boys, I've been listening to the pod for about a week or two, and you got me. <laughs> Just got my Mile High Salute shirt, and let me say, it's as soft as advertised. No question for me today. Just letting you guys know I'm loving the content. And as someone who sells Breck Brews here in Colorado Springs, Ooh. sometimes in Denver too, hearing the props you give for some damn good beer warms my heart, almost as much as the Imperial Vanilla Porter. If you haven't already, go get some of the new Auto Mail. They also released an Oktoberfest and Nitro Pumpkin Spice Latte, all of which are bomb and damn good beers. Well, as we know, I am extremely pro-basic behavior. And a pumpkin spice latte beer sounds quite all right with me. Especially Nitro. That sounds amazing. So smooth. That sounds amazing. It does not sound keto. It does not sound keto, no. (laughs) But hey, cheat night? Maybe. Maybe more than cheat, just a cheat dinner or cheat night? It could be a cheat weekend. You never know. Hey. I might spiral out of control and never get back on the wagon. Speaking of which, I think I'm going to go with the fish and chips. I think they have those at, at BST. And you're going to get that vinegar. I'm going to see if it comes with that vinegar. Well, here's, can I throw a... You're going to tell, the, I was almost not going to tell you. You're no, going to tell the waitress. No, 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 no. Can I, can I just present something and I just... I want your honest reaction to it. Okay, okay. I'm pretty sure the center thing that is on all the tables at Blake Street Tavern already has vinegar. Mm. Which means they're not going to bring it out to you. We'll have to see. We'll have to see before we get there. Or when we get there. All right. (laughs) All right. I think it's already in there. I'm sorry. What else would it be used for? A shot. (laughs) (laughs) Clean the floors right there. Clean the table. I love the smell so much. <laughs> um, I don't. I, I. I mean, fries. Put it on your fries. Yeah, I guess you could do that. Yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, I'll try so it. So good. I can't wait to try it. From not Philip Lindsay. Hey guys, I'm from California, which explains why I was so shocked my teacher knew about you guys. <laughs> nice. I asked her again today, and she said she hasn't subbed because of her teacher wages. <laughs> Lol. Uh, You're a student. That's kind of, You're on student wages. I feel like it's like not LOL. Yeah, teacher wages. It sucks. Yeah. It uh, but tell her that we, she's probably listening, hopefully, um, that we really appreciate her for educating the youth like you. We do. And you've already been educated because you're subbed and, and you're uh, geared up and everything. <laughs> so we already know you're a smart guy. Anyways, he finishes and says, of course, I wore my homegrown T-shirt on the first day of freshman year because you guys are like my online family. Much love from not, <laughs> not Philip Lins. Because someone chimed in and said, much love, not sick fake out. Man. <laughs> and he says, no, it's not a fake out. It's just an abbreviation of my name. I didn't even realize. <laughs> and then Alaska Preston says, I got you, man. I thought it was a typo and made me chuckle. By the way, congrats on starting high school. Those are some cool years. What did you add? What did you think of high school? As I a was whole? ready for college. <laughs> well, everyone's ready for college by the end of it. Yeah. Especially because you've never, well, for me, I had never spent four years in the same school. 
Okay. Uh, nope, I hadn't. Until high school? Until high school. Because I'm el- elementary school, I switched halfway through. Okay. Then, obviously, middle school is only three years. Yep. And so, by, like, the fourth year, you're just, like, sick of the place. Yep. That's true. But overall, high school is awesome. You know what my favorite part about high school is? And this, this is very on brand for me. What? You have football to look forward to on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Wow. I had football. Well, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, too. What's on Thursdays? Thursday night football. I guess there are some games that were on Thursdays. Yeah. Well, no, like Broncos or like NFL. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. And, and I remember one year they moved our rivalry game to a Thursday because yeah. they thought it being a school day the next day would make us drink less. <laughs> Don't drink, by the way. <laughs> um, it didn't work. But uh, I bet it didn't. Um, our rivalry was intense, like more intense than any. What was it? Fairview and Boulder High. Hmm. More intense than any college rivalry I've been a part of. No way. Yeah. Wow. Like more. I, I think it's just because high school kids are dumb. Not you, not <laughs> Philip. But like, they took it way more seriously. You know. Yeah. Like in the end, I'm not trying to fight any CSU fans. Right. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> but like. When you're in high school, you're like, oh, like we're tough, you know, like we're going to throw down on these boys. And by the (laughs) way, we never lost to Boulder while I was there. And we've, and you know, it's been a long time since I was in high school. I'm an old man. Yeah. We've never lost since. Wow. So that, I think the rivalry might be pretty dead at this point. Do you go to the game every year? I used to, like when I was in college and it's just, it was, it's almost on campus, the stadium. Um, but Boulder highs, Boulder highs football field which actually fairview and boulder share okay uh the stadium um it it might as well be on campus wow so i used to go back then i haven't been in a long time but i think it's like 13 in a row or something for fairview yeah it doesn't sound like a rivalry yeah it reminds me of another rivalry i know with a lot of wins in a row <laughs> anyways um be smart not philip Lindsay. and to me high school was really fun by the end of it everyone's ready to go to college that's just the way it is that's just the way it is but sports to look forward to on every day of the weekend that got me hyped and then basketball season our basketball team was good too then you have like tuesday games and thursday games yes sports was not a big deal at your school at my school i wonder how it is for uh from not philip Lindsay npl i mean it could be big in california depending on where you are like a stacked school yeah i mean they've got all they've the state is so big that they don't even have like they have to have like regional championships that go into another bracket for state championships yeah it's crazy that's so foreign to me i mean it sounds like your sports were like one of the most intense in the state i would yeah probably yeah i think so yeah fairview uh i mean we're always pretty good at most of the sports so right i feel like it just makes it part of the culture like everyone's going to the football game on friday night it's not you don't have to ask anyone oh are you going to the game right um yeah we sold out, like, during the basketball games, we sold out the – we filled up the student section every game. We even filled up other teams. Uh, like, we would travel, like, 100, 200 kids to an away game. <laughs> wow. That's insane. It was so fun. That's insane for Colorado sports. It is. But it was – I mean, again, like I said, those are my, some of my best memories are, like, being in the student section. And maybe that's another reason why the Broncos are so big. They're not just the biggest pro team, but there's not a great – you're gonna hate me saying this. There's not a great high school sports scene. It's not in Denver. There's not a great college sports scene either. So you go to the pro level where there is a, a great sports scene, and then there's the Broncos, which are is king of everyone. So it kind of funnels not just it funnels just 
everyone into him. Some on the other side of this argument would make the case that the Broncos stealing all the attention is one of the reasons why the college sports scene isn't good. Sure, it's like sure. a chicken or Very egg fair. type of thing. Very fair. To yeah. me, I just think it's, it comes down to winning, and I don't think the Broncos make it any harder for CU to win football games. I truly don't. Right. And also, I don't know. There's a lot at play there, but when the Buffs were good, really good in the early '90s, Brandon Spano will tell you this. Like he was going to school in the Denver area, uh, but like everyone had CU gear. Like sure. it was really cool to like the Buffs. Winning helps everything. It, it Pro is, college not, doesn't help everything. School. It is everything. You right. can't have anything without it. Right. Um, but anyways, I hope you have a great experience in high school. <laughs> I personally <laughs> do. From Oklahoma Bronco '58. Why would we be putting Locke on IR for a thumb sprain, he says. I've never heard of a thumb sprain being so bad that it's a season ender. Maybe I'm wrong, but with a Drew Locke with a bad thumb for the first couple of weeks as a number two is much better than Rippon or Hoagie could roll out there. Anyways, unfortunate for Drew because he could really tell the offense was starting to click for him and he was finding a way. Love the content and keep up the giggles. Well, <laughs> here's one thing you're missing out on here. Uh, going on IR isn't season ending. And a lot of people also forget this. You don't even have to designate players uh, to return anymore. You used to have, I think, two slots to have guys return from IR or a season ending. Now there's no designation. Uh, you can return guys from IR. And the reason you would do this, Oklahoma Bronco, is just to protect Drew. Because if you ask me, Zach, absolutely Drew Lock gives you a better chance to win in week four or something if knock on wood, touch wood. Joe Flacco sprains his ankle. Absolutely, no doubt gives you a better chance than any of those other guys. But is that how important is that? Because if his thumb isn't yeah. 100% and he goes out there and has a really bad game and it wrecks his confidence, what was that worth to you? Now, I'm not worried about him mentally in that way. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want Drew to have to play his first NFL game with at, at, not at 100%. Exactly. So if it was me, I actually would IR him. Um, and just... Cross your fingers and pray that Joe stays healthy. Um, because to me, I want to make sure Drew is 1,000% recovered before I ask him to go out there and play in an NFL game. And that's that's what it comes down to is when will he be 100%? Because this is not a guy that you're going to put out there, even at 90%, with, it, with the injury being on his throwing hand, you're not going to put him out there at 90%. So let's say... The doctors say it's going to be five weeks from once the season starts. Well, then, yeah, you're putting him on IR to open up that roster spot. But let's say it's three weeks because he gives you so much better of a chance to win and how valuable roster spots are, or actually how invaluable roster spots are. I think when we do the roster next week, Ryan, we're going to be saying it's pretty easy to clear these spots just because of the depth. Maybe, maybe. I just... I guess if you keep all three on the roster for the first three weeks, and let's say week two, Drew's still not 100% ready, just as long as you don't rush him in there until I'm telling you, like, I don't want him to think about his thumb ever before he plays on an NFL field. And they're not going to rush him. Vic Fangio said, we don't even have a timeline yet. We're, we're, and he kind of made it seem like it's going to be a while till they know the timeline. And that just makes me think, okay, the IR with the design, with, with, not the designation to return, but the ability to return is very much is very likely i think all these other roster gymnastics that they're having to do is is making them think long and hard about ir on top of taking it easy with him 
because it's just like, man, we're losing all these other spots. At least Drew isn't a week one starter for us. We can afford to make a move there right. that pulls him back a little bit because in the end, we don't want him to play this year anyway. Right. So th- that's where I'm at on that. Uh, Zach, let's take our last break here. And when we come back on the other side, we will finish up what is trending towards a two-hour podcast. Hey, guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. We are one and three quarters hours in, Zach. And we've got quite a few more questions to get to. So let's do that. Coming in from Chef Adam L. Adam L. He says, first, Count, what part of Montana are you from? I just finished re-watching last season. Apparently, I like abuse. That is actually crazy. I was watching Vaughn above all else and disappointed at the number of plays when he was in coverage. I was devastated at the number of plays he was shadow boxing the tackle. It was almost like he was the spy on the play. This leads me to a two-part question. First, was this a designed call or a reaction to not beating his man on the first mover step? And second, if it is a reaction, is that how Vic has been coaching, or is he pushing for a second or even third rush attempt? High motor, for a lack of better words. Um, okay, first of all, if you didn't like Vaughn in coverage last year, <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's going um, to happen more. It's going to happen more this year. Uh, and while on a single singular play basis, I understand why it frustrates everyone so much. And, and to me, Zach, the way they were running the defense last last year, it didn't make sense. Uh, and so I was on this podcast pounding the table. Hey, what are they doing? Rush Vaughn every play. Forget about it. But that's because they were playing man defense and rushing the passer. That was what they did. They played straight man and rushed the passer. And, and I realized trying to drop Vaughn to like confuse them once in a while – was their wrinkle. Here's what you have to understand about the Vic Fangio defense. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying this is the greatest thing ever, but it is at least defensible in my opinion. Vic Fangio does not want the quarterback to know what's coming on any play. So he has to drop Vaughn in coverage more so that that's actually in their head. He doesn't want it to surprise them necessarily. He, in, in a way he does, but he really wants them to have to think about it. So when they get to the line, and, and, and I think you can, you can uh, really imagine this in Madden, when you get to the line and you look out and you're, you're throwing a quick slant to your number one receiver, 
you do have to think about where is that defensive end going to be because if he's right where he is right now, then that's fine if he's rushing. If he drops back, he's going to go right into the area where I want to throw that ball. Vic wants the quarterback to have to think about that every time he goes out there. And so you're going to see quite a few Vaughn coverage snaps this year. Um, and you just have to think of the greater good, which is an, an overall confusion of the quarterback. And that's what Vic's defense is all about, confusing the quarterback. 100%. Next one coming in from Kyle. So really says, quick, really quick. He said, uh, was he being coached to quote-unquote shadow box a tackle? Vaughn has to guess a lot. Like a big part of the pass rusher's job is to guess. And I just think when you saw that, he was guessing run. And so right. he didn't put a pass rush. He didn't put on a pass rush because when if you do that, it's very easy to just you know bounce outside of you or on the inside, depending on where the run is going. So you kind of just you have to diagnose. You got to be able to you grab you know you get your hands on the offensive lineman and you want to be able to diagnose. Okay, if he's bouncing outside, I got to toss you know the offensive lineman and go make the play outside. If he's, to- if he's going inside, I need to plug that hole. And I wouldn't necessarily blame that on a high motor, but I guarantee you, Vic Fangio is getting behind Vaughn for not necessarily a a lack of high motor, but just making sure he's bringing it every single play, like the guy across from him, Bradley Chubb, does. All right, we got a long comment here, um, but it's another cool one. It's from Down the Gooch. He says, hello again. Other subscribers have mentioned their backgrounds. I never really like to talk about mine, but since they're brave enough to share part of their lives with me, I thought I would only be fair if I did so as well. Sorry for the long post. I know that's a common trope in these comments. Everyone has a reason why they're a Broncos fan. As a child from a broken, abusive home, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. My grandfather was a perennial season ticket holder at Mile High Stadium. He had four seats in the East Stands, 14th row off the 50-yard line. Every home game growing up, I was expected to go. Back then, as a young child, I wasn't into sports and dreaded being dragged into that loud, crowded stadium. Especially in the winter months when I knew I'd be sitting in freezing conditions for hours to watch a game I didn't understand. As the years went by and the older I got, I became more familiar with the sport and no longer minded going to the games. It was also a good distraction from my home life back then. I grew to depend on those games. As a teenager, they were one of the few things I had to look forward to. I was privileged enough to attend every home game in Mile High Stadium from from 1977 until it closed to build Invesco Field in 2000. As an adult, looking back, I feel very lucky that I was given the opportunity to do that, and I cannot believe I ever took it for granted as a child. Due to my messed up home life and needing to get away from the abusive situation I was in, uh, I left home and lost contact with my family. In 2001, my grandfather passed away. I didn't find out until a year later. We didn't always see eye to eye, but I never regret getting to thank him uh, for taking me to all those games. I vowed after that to never take it for granted again. I know this sounds like a sob story, but it isn't. I wouldn't be the man I was today if it weren't for the hardships I overcame in life to be where I am now. The Broncos helped me get through the toughest part of my life. They will always be a great passion of mine, and I honor my grandfather by never missing a game. The Broncos are everything to me. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this amazing community and keeping the Broncos a part of my daily life. Holy cow. I mean, touching. That, 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 is, that is something else down the gooch. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I know that that's not easy, but that's what this community is here for. We're, we're here for each other and another one getting the chills. Got the chills, and I think someone might be cutting onions around here too. <laughs> Um, and Sonny Rain chimed in and said, awesome story, sir. It's amazing how much sports can help us through difficult, difficult times. And I think in one way or another, all of us can relate to that. And for you, it's the Broncos. For me, it's the Buffs. Uh, it, it can sometimes just be, like he said, like said, something you look forward to. 
I mean, it's crazy to say it, but, you know, when you're going through a, a tough week or a tough time in your life, just knowing that, like, oh, all right, at least on yeah. Sunday I have that. You know, right. it can it can kind of distract you from whatever is going on in your life. So I think it's one of the things that makes sports so powerful and why for all of us, even if you maybe aren't, aren't going through a hard time, uh, it's such an important part because even just the daily little things that bug you or the tough day at the job, whatever it is, it, it's kind of always an outlet. Uh, and to me, that's what makes sports so powerful. And it's one of the last things that I think can unite everyone no matter what their views are their races their you know anything like that religion sports can kind of transcend all of those boundaries and that's what's so cool about this specific community is we know there's that one game a week that that we'll all be watching that we can talk about but then what about monday through friday what what about the other five days when you're excited for the game it's you want some place to go. Or what about the 200 days between the last game of the season and the first game of the next season? Exactly, exactly. You want you want some place to go and not just hear sports, but uh, have that community and that camaraderie that you have during games, that you have with the person that you're sitting next to in the bar, uh, at your friend's house, at a stranger's place, wherever that is. And that's that's what we're so happy that this has turned into is that we have this community now right like i was saying it's that it's that thing that can bring everyone together and transcend and and normally that would be once a week right or or maybe even just inside the stadium we've captured that and brought it out here for all of us to kind of get to go into once a day every day and I, I absolutely love it because it's also like a, a family and friends where we can be serious and, and get to know you guys on, on a very deep level. And then we can also be goofy and say stupid things, say silly things and lead off comments like this next one from, from Ados Dios. I think we skipped a few. That starts off with Brovocados. Bro, Brovocados. Brovocados. <laughs> Let's get a damn good beer shirt made. It only takes 50 of us. Something is going to happen eventually with damn good. It's a damn good saying. It's absolutely going to happen. So I don't, know, I don't know how far we can take it, but there will be some sort of, uh, of damn good thing <laughs> that we can all rally around. It's easy to rally around damn good things, isn't it? It is. Just like this community, just like Breckenridge Beer. Next one coming in from Kyle Olson. He says, hey, guys, just renewed the sub, so I guess we got them. Twice? Twice? <laughs> yeah, why not? Let, let's make it three times, four times, five times. Yeah, we, we got you for life. Lifetime. There we go. He says, am I the only one in the past when mentioning John Elway to a non-Broncos fan heard something like the following? Yeah, but I've heard he's a jerk in real life. Or my buddy's friend's little brother asked Elway for an autograph and he was really dismissive. I've been hearing that my whole life. Right. Exactly. I completely agree. He says, personally, I've heard similar, similar antidotes repeated frequently, just like you said, Ryan, while it never bothered me because I can't, because I can imagine being the most popular person in an entire state could get very tiresome. I think John's latest medical revelation means his detractors need to reconsider this narrative. Isn't it possible, if not likely, the condition that is significantly impaired function and caused pain in his hand for 15 years has caused Elway to be more prickly toward fans who either directly ask for an autograph or who he suspects will ask for one because he simply doesn't want to repeatedly disclose personal medical information and explain why he won't or can't fulfill an autograph request? As a native Coloradan, 
Did I say that right? He says it's Coloradoan, which Col- is wrong. Coloradoan. He says Coloradoan sounds like Southern when I say it out loud. I will be doing something on Saturday for the very first time. I will be walking from my apartment to, an, to a Broncos game. Go Denver. Awesome. And I assume it's because he'd never lived in Denver before. From, uh, yeah, in, in L.A. Oh, awesome. Well, uh, welcome back. Um, eh. I don't know about that whole thing. <laughs> Not giving John the pass? Here's what I will give John a pass for. The life of a superstar athlete is, no, is something that none of us can relate to. And none of us will ever be able to relate to. And I think at a certain point, it just gets old. And while there are some angels out there who, who never break character... Um, and I, I don't even I can't even think of one off the top of my head. Tim Tebow? Sure. I bet you there's not very many stories out there of Tim Tebow acting a fool or being a you know what. I don't know if there's any. Probably not. That's it can't be expected, I don't think. I don't think we can just expect everyone who is a famous superstar athlete to just be nice to everyone all the time. They have bad days just like you and I and, and also I just I think eventually it just wears you down. So what about Vaughn Von saying, I guess Spider-Man saying, with great power comes great responsibility. Is that part of their job now? I'm, I'm asking. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not. Um, because it's not in the job description. It's not when what you, they're getting paid when for. When you get paid $100 million, it doesn't say, and be nice to every fan, be nice to every person you encounter. I think with great power comes great responsibility means something differently. I think it means you have to use your platform for good and not evil. And I, I realize that like being cool to everyone is part of it. Again, I just I don't think we can relate to what it's like to be like that and to be recognized by every single person you are around every single place you go and have people, you know, asking you for autographs or paparazzi catching you when you're, when you're pretty drunk coming out of a club in LA or whatever it is. I just think it's something we can't relate to. And and I think for certain people, every person is different. I think for certain people, 40 years of that wears you down. Right. And, And maybe just John, if he wasn't a famous athlete, might not have been the most social person. And so just because he became incredible at football, I don't think we should just expect of him to suddenly become a different person than who he was going to be. Sure, sure, that, that, that's fair. And when, when I did watch John talking about uh, the, the hand condition that he had, he seemed, and, and so Kai, this is where, where I agree with you and, and can give him a, a pass to an extent is, he seemed uncomfortable at what it was doing to him and kind of how, how it made him feel and look. And so maybe that was something where an autograph would have been very uncomfortable. And so I don't, I don't know, though, if, you know, he walked around with his hands clenched so that, you know, the one or two fingers that it bothered didn't stick out and it wasn't visible. I don't know, but he seemed he was in a different spot than I've really ever seen John Elway. John Elway's comfortable. He's confident. He knows what he's doing, and he seemed like he was happy to tell people about this, but still embarrassed isn't the, isn't the right word, but just, I guess, not comfortable with it. And, and you know what I'm going to add on here? I think to be one of the goats, one of the best, you kind of have to be a little bit of a dick. <laughs> you have to have that in you. 
you have to have a, a little asshole in you. Excuse my language. Um, to me, that's part of this. And look at Kobe. Look at Peyton. Peyton has a little bit of that in him. I'm sure there's not all glowing stories about meeting Peyton in public. Sure. Um, look at... MJ. MJ. Great one. Look at Barry Bonds. Right. All of these guys, I think it's uh, it goes into being the killer instinct. You have to be kind of a bag to have that killer instinct. And if you're too, too nice... I think you're missing a little piece of the puzzle to becoming a goat. Speaking of Peyton and speaking of this exact same thing, except it doesn't have to do with uh, it doesn't have to do with a fan interaction. It was something you sent me yesterday. Should we can we read that? Oh, the Peyton Manning. Yeah, 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 yeah do yeah, it, do yeah. it, do it. I can uh, I can pull it up if you can't pull it up. Go for it. So, who who? Okay, so wait. Let me see. I think I have it right. You here. got it. Because, yeah, you sent, you sent it to me. And this, this points exactly to this. So this was coming – was his name uh, Marcus Pollard? Yes. I think that sounds right. Yes. Uh, who played with the Indianapolis Colts uh, and is the Jacksonville Jaguars director of player personnel uh, – per, player development and youth football right now. He was on the Colts from 95 to 2004. He – in this story, which unfortunately I don't know what the story is because the person who tweeted it didn't put the link out. Uh, but anyways, in the story, it references this. It says, it says, Pollard remembered a conversation he had, he heard Manning having with a veteran player during Manning's rookie season in 1998. The veteran player came back to Manning after uh, a route and said, that's not what I'm supposed to do on that play. After Manning told him what to do, Manning said, yes, it is. The, the veteran player said, that's not what my coach says I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and Manning said to him, if I tell you it's Easter... You better hide eggs. (laughs) And Pollard says, I died laughing and said, golly, (laughs) this young boy's got it. There it is. He said it right there. He's got it. Got it. You got to have that. Got to have that to be, to be one of the goats. Yep. And I'm very convinced of that. Mm. And so when I wrote the story about Drew Locke and how he was egging on the fans as he's hitting three after three when he was playing high school basketball, and he's, he's talking smack to him and turning around, and I'm like, okay, he's got that little thing. Mm-hmm. Now, Drew Locke, I actually imagine it to be someone who would always play it the right way in public. Um, I think any fan who ever interacts with him will probably come away saying, wow, he was such a nice guy. Do you, do you fully agree? It could change with because right now, right now he's been, he's been the dude at, at Mizzou, and – Mizzou, it's it's a big school, but being the dude at Mizzou is different than being the Denver Broncos starting quarterback for a decade that's going in the ring of fame, you know? And I'm sure he's had a lot of people come up to him uh, being a Bronco, but just imagine what it's going to be or what it could be like if he follows, I don't want to say follows John Elway's footsteps, but you know, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback in Denver. For sure. For sure. Um, it's a very interesting balance. But I'm very convinced that you need that little piece to be one of the best of all time. Interesting little conversation there. It was a good conversation. Uh, where are we at I now? Think, I think I got us to where, where we're picking up from. Kiwi Bronco yep. says, I'm more worried about how James pans out than Bowles. 
According to PFF, James had seven sacks allowed and seven penalties, and he didn't even play every game. I imagine that's last year. Also, we have so much more money invested in James. At least he can move. At least we can move on from Bulls next year easily. Early camp podcast reports made the right side of the line sound like the weakest. What are your thoughts now? Has the right side improved? Juwan James has actually been really good in his limited action in the preseason. Um, I liked what I saw from him technique-wise. I liked what he was doing with his hands and his feet. Um, He looked good to me. So I'm actually not worried about that. But he's right in the sense that the investment is much greater. So if that turns out to be a failure, you could make the argument that it's more of a failure, but not to me. Um, $13 million a year is is not worth to me as much as a first-round pick. He had a better preseason than he did training camp. And, I mean, he's going up against... Uh, that side is Von Miller. So it's it's understandable. Uh, and with right guard, that's obviously a huge concern. You, the Broncos aren't counting on Ron, Ron Leary for the start of the season or for during the season. And if you have Don Barclay out there. You know who got some reps recently? Elijah Wilkinson. Yep. The guy that I've been saying, just put him in there. I think they're maybe starting to build that contingency plan. I think so. I think they absolutely are. And then talk about. Do you think about- it's because they read my story? Yes. Okay, yes. good. And then talk about depth. Then there is zero, zilch depth on the offensive line. Well, I mean, I guess Ron Leary is depth at that point, or, are we, or is that plan not going into, into place unless he's actually hurt? Yeah, that plan is probably not going into place until he's hurt because they know the depth is scary. You're probably right. Yeah, no depth. Don Barclay, who I heard one media member on the radio called Dan Barclay yesterday. <laughs> You read that all wrong. Uh, that's how relevant he is. <laughs> and that's a good media member, too. I'm not even ragging on them. Nope. Um, I, yeah, so that's your depth? Donnie B. Donnie B. <laughs> Donnie Barks. Yeah, I just hope his bite is as strong as his bark. Wow, that's good. Who's your backup, who's your backup tackle? If, if Elijah Will- and it's Elijah Wilkinson. I was going to say, yeah. But let's just say he's uh, he's balling out at guard. <laughs> they can't move him. You don't have one. Schlotman? Yeah, I think Schlotman might have played some tackle in college. So when everyone's saying, bench Garrett Bowles, move on from Garrett Bowles. For yeah. Schlotman? Someone in my in my DMs was like, everyone's being too hard on Garrett, like... Why, like, why, like, I realize he's struggling, but we, like, it's not like we can cut him. Or they said, but we shouldn't cut him. And I was like, well, well, yeah, obviously. You can't cut your starter. (laughs) Um, But some people are calling for that. So I understand why that, why that person felt that way. Right. Um, We've never called for that. No, no. (laughs) We just say, like, figure out a better plan. Right. Um, And... For Garrett, for me, this last stage for him, it all has to be about desire. He has to want to get better from Mike Munchak. And not, actually, I shouldn't even say want. He has to need it internally. Need to get better. Um, Football, you can want a lot of things in football. But how much do you need it? Can you live without it? Yep. You know what those greats, also, when it says that, that when we talk about the greats having it, it's the work ethic, too. It's a need. It I is. I need to be the best. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, those guys were in the gym three hours before shoot-around every single day. It's, it's not a question why they were the greats. 
It's they had the talent. They had the you know the J.R. Smith had the talent. Was he in there three hours before shoot around every single day? I I don't think so. A lot of guys in the NBA in professional sports have the talent. The greats. What separates them is they also have the work ethic. They also have the right mindset. They got the killer instincts. If you could have any of those guys um, give a motivational speech to BSN, who would it be? Any of the greats? Any person that you think has that mentality that can kind of like convey what it means to be to be a killer, to be the best. It's hard for me not to say Peyton. Okay. So just personally that, Kobe would probably be pretty darn If good. I set aside the Denver connection, because right. obviously having Peyton would be right. a bigger deal in Denver. Right. It's Kobe. Kobe is the one yeah. who I think had it the best. The killer had, instinct. Had the killer instinct more than anyone. Yeah. And just like could not live without being the best. Yep. He fascinates I mean, me. You you look I at think him. He's also genius. Like he's really yeah. smart. That's another thing you get with these guys. Yep. All of them are really smart, and that's not something that you can gain. But it's like this perfect storm yep. where you get this guy with all the talent, all the drive, and all the wit, and smart like. Peyton Manning is a genius. He could be the top of his field at whatever he wanted to do just based on his brain. Mm-hmm. And Kobe, I feel the same way about he's a, He's an extremely smart person. When you hear him talk, he just sounds so convincing in everything he says. He's the Mamba because he, he kills. Yep. Um, and I realize he's a, a polarizing figure. but Especially in Colorado. Yes, and for good reason. But yeah. from a on-the-field and, yeah. and mentality or on the court and mentality standpoint, yep. he fascinates me. Yep. Next one from T-Dubs. He says, to my fellow subscribers, I think it's time to get serious and threaten RK and Zach with 50-plus comments a day, every day until Zach eats a Hot Pocket. You've got, what, two weeks, you said, in the off season. Right, 10, no. Is it 10 days? No. It's 17 days-ish. It's yeah. going to take forever. <laughs> but then think about it. Next week, eight days from now, is cut day, which seems like, wow, that's coming up quick. It is. Got two games in between there. Got a got a fantasy draft, a watch party. I'm kind of over a lot of these like bottom of the roster players. Me too. I wish them the best. And just wait. We'll be talking about them a lot and writing about them a lot in the next two weeks. Very true. Or next week. He says, great coverage as always, guys. Your stories are unmatched by anyone. Can't imagine ever not having a BSN subscription again. That's too cool, T-Dubs. Amazing. Next one's from Super Bowl, and he says, if you create a BSN hat, I'll resub right now. Well, sit tight. Uh, he goes on, with starters done, does this mean Juwan sees more snaps? I like snaps. I, wa- I like watching him play. Yeah, I th- at least I think so. I took him in the first round of the fantasy draft. Yeah, he should ball. So it sounds like we have a couple people in the DMV in the fam. First off, go Dukes. You know what that references? Blue Devils? Dukes? Dukes? DMV, we're talking D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Dukes. The Dukes? The Dukes, no. Uh, Virginia, maybe that's a nickname for the University of Virginia Cavaliers. Oh, do not know? No. Oh, I thought you were like saying, how the heck do you not know this? No, I don't oh, know. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Go Dukes. Go Dukes. Maybe. I, I don't know if I agree with that yet. Anyway, secondly, for the longest time, I thought I was the only Broncos fan in Virginia. Then I found out there are two Broncos chapters close by, one in Baltimore and one in D.C., and they have Facebook pages where you can find Broncos events and watch parties. 
Zach, how come you never like my tweets? It makes my heart sad. Super Bowl, and that is that is not. Do you know username? Yeah, Twitter it's ZJ Castro ninety four or something. Oh, I'll make sure to like those. On Un- completely unintentional. Zach is really bad about things on his phone. <laughs> things that he has to do on his phone. I'm pr- I'm pretty good with with keeping up on interactions on Twitter though. Maybe like a day and a half later. <laughs> For Mad Dog 1988, guys, I haven't committed, I haven't commented, I think he said, in a while, so here we go. Being a non-Packer fan in Wisconsin is tough. I hate the Packers with a passion, probably more than my dislike for the Raiders or Chargers. I know, shocker. Notice he didn't bring up the Chiefs there. (laughs) When I was a kid, 10 years old, I liked Green Bay and Denver. After Denver won the Super Bowl versus them, some people at my school took my only Bronco hat and put it in the toilet. Wow. That was the only Bronco merchandise I had. A lot of bullying coming up on this podcast. I remind you, it was 19, it was, wait, I remind you, it was 98, internet was barely a thing, so I just couldn't get a new one. From that day forward, I became a full-blooded Broncos fan. It was like a, it was like one of those movies about like, you killed my father, I must avenge you. Uh, Avenge you? Like, uh, uh, Princess Bride. Ever seen that one? I haven't, but I know the reference. You killed my father prepare to die yeah yeah yeah. that's kind of what i was thinking like you stole (laughs) my hat yeah i'll hate you forever (laughs) anyways he says this is probably why i get along with the bears and cowboys fans around here anyways can this bronco team beat the packers this year i'm nervous about it again considering the only time we beat them i feel was 2015 every time we match up against them i just feel they're better at the time anyway sorry for the long comment just want to let you know there's a bronco fan in wisconsin you guys are the best and thanks for the content every damn day can the Broncos beat the Packers? Absolutely. I was talking to another media member a few days ago, and uh, I was mentioning how the Packers was a tough game. They're like, "Why?" Um, I thought it was a tough. I thought I think it's a tough game. And you don't even like Aaron Rodgers. I don't even like Aaron Rodgers, and I think it's a tough game. Why did they? What was their defense? Just only Aaron Rodgers. I could see it. In I can Green see Bay. two things this year. Uh, Rodgers and Lafleur don't quite get on the same page this year, and then they click next year. Or they just, boom, right off the bat, their offense is putting up like 40 points a game. Or they just, that's a lack of a, of a snap. They just don't click, ever, because he's Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> Such a dumb <laughs> hill you're trying to die on. So you know what? Yeah, I definitely think the Broncos can beat the Packers. I do too. I just... It's on the road. That's what make, gives makes it the hardest thing. Broncos-Packers generally are like memorable games. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the 2015 one was really memorable because it, it, it was the best game of that season for that yep. team. The, the one before that, I'm sure they played in between, but the one before that, I remember, was during the Rockies World Series or right after the Rockies World Series. They played on Monday Night Football. Brett Favre on the very first play of overtime threw an 80-yard touchdown. Launched it. To end, to end the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl. Yep. A lot of memorable games. Maybe we'll get a classic. Yep. Uh, it'll be fun. Maybe it'll be snowing. When's the last time we saw a classic? That game that I was just... Or, I mean, the Super Bowl. Was that a, yep. was that a classic? Other yep. than the fact that it was just a Super Bowl? Yeah, it wasn't even a classic. I guess it's a classic just because we'll reference it forever. Right. You, you know, you'll never forget the, the vision of Von Miller getting that strip sack. The Patriots one was pretty classic. That right was a before classic. that. That was a classic. Yeah. Down to the wire. Yep. Everything on the line. Okay, that's the last true classic we've seen. And Patriots fans won't remember it as a classic. That season had a few. That one, the Green Bay one, the um, 
the Kansas City fumble one. Are all of Tim Tebow's games classics? Yes. Well, not all of them. <laughs> like the 46-2 to two or right. three loss to the Lions. Yep. That one's not exactly a classic. <laughs> I'm probably exaggerating the score, but that's what it felt like. It was like. close. I think it was 40-10. to 10. Oh, God. The, 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 the game in which that season ended against the Patriots. Yeah. Was that... I, I don't want to say it. It feels way worse than my I think that was 42 to 10. That was a punt on third down, right? What was that? Tom Brady punt on fir- third down. On purpose? On Yeah, Tim Tebow, right? I don't remember that. I think he punted on third down. Tim T- or Tom Brady did. Just because? Yeah. Throw everyone off. Huh. Okay. I don't remember that, but I'm sure it was used as like an insult to injury type yep. of thing anyways i think oh and the next one's here is from sand monkey said i'm surprised no one has commented this yet but on monday night football last week philip did a sideline interview and they talked to him about still living at home the interview probed him about getting paid and he said he has a plan or something to that effect i wish i could find the interview to get the exact wording but sadly i could not with the short shelf life of running backs and Lindsay on an extremely team-friendly contract do you see him holding out before his contract is up what do you think no. I think both sides are going to want to be pretty um, careful about this one. Phil doesn't want to lose his love in Broncos country. The Broncos don't want to look like they're sliding the hometown guy. I think a year before his contract is up, they get like a nice deal that everyone can agree on. I think so, too. I think. And what's that? What's that look like? Let's say they were to do it right now. I have no clue. Because Zeke wants like $15 million. <sighs> I mean, if you're the Broncos, you still have to see it one more year. Is it going to be just? Is Phil going to be too expensive? Are they going to let him walk? It depends. Uh, let's say he plays 16 games this year, rushes for 1,300 yards. Like, you have to keep him around. At 13 million dollars? No, I think you try to do like 10. Lock him up after this year. Four for 40. Yeah. It's mm. a lot of money. It's a lot of money. A lot, a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But he'd, he'd be your best playmaker if that was the case. And you just, you have to be careful with these ones. Like, if there's anyone I don't want with, like, a um, a vendetta against me, it's Philip Lindsay. <laughs> like, don't make, Phil, don't make Philip Lindsay hate the Broncos. Where would be the worst team for him to go? The Chiefs. Can you imagine... Him on that offense? Yeah, that'd be something else. Don't let it happen. That'd be brutal. That would be brutal. Uh, Moving on here, and the next one's from Lone Star Bronco. Hey, guys, I'm behind one pod, so forgive me if this has been covered. Do you think the coaching staff in LA may be using this thumb thing on lock to get him on the IR and get the red shirt year they've always wanted from him with less flack from the media and fans if something goes south with Joe? Also, once he's on IR, I believe, obviously, he's not allowed to practice. But he can – but – he still can work with a private coach on things such as footwork and reading defenses and such. He can do that. He doesn't have to do that with a private coach. That's why the IR wouldn't be ideal is you can't practice. Depending on how many weeks it keeps him out of practice that he would be in practice. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If he's going to be out six weeks anyways, well then it doesn't really matter. If he's out two weeks, then it does. Um, he says, what do you think we have in Malik Reed? Shaq Barrett type? Better? Worse? It's, it's hard to say better because Shaq Barrett was fantastic for
for the role he was in. Really good. But Malik Reed is flashing as well as you can flash right now. They're calling him the dream killer. You don't get nicknames unless you're dope, especially as an undrafted rookie. It's true. So, by the way, great insight from Chris on uh, Malik. Oh, did you peek into that? I did. Peek into that story? I did. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was what put the nail in the coffin for me. Yep. Um, if he turns out to be Shaq, incredible. Yep. He could be better. He could very easily be worse. Right, right, right. But saying he's Shaq is an amazing incredible compliment. Incredible compliment. Yeah. Yep. Look at me, another Ram. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Anyways, he says, thanks as always. Also super bummed I'm not going to make the fantasy draft. But Team Fant, Fant Stop Won't Stop is out for blood. Uh-oh. Fant is stopping this weekend. That's true. Sorry. From Gen Z Chills, Garrett Bowles, a.k.a. Goober Holds. Wow. That's another one. Next one from Ozzy says, hey, guys. My question is, what players do you think will be this team? Will be the captains this year? We all know Vaughn and Flack Daddy are a lock to be captains, but who else? Is Vaughn a lock? I certainly don't think so. With In fact, way- I don't even think he will be. With the way Vic has been talking about him, no way. He's not the, getting he's not getting the coach's bump this year. The guy who's getting that C has it right in the first letter of his last name. Chubb. Chubb. Yep. He's getting it. And Wolf. Chris, I hope. Nope. You don't think so? Remember, the players don't control this. Simmons? I could see that. Yeah, I'm thinking one front seven and one Secondary. back end. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go Simmons. I like that. Chubb and Simmons. Chubb and Simmons, so you're leaving the two best players. Well, I guess Bradley Chubb could end up being one of the two best defensive players. Does that fire them up or does that piss them off? The latter. Well, at least with Chris. Yeah. Has, has he ever been a captain? I don't know. The thing is, like, there are these little things you learn when you're out of the team's plans and right. it, it can make things bad. And I just don't think it, unless they think they're resigning Chris, which I really think they don't think that they're not going to let him become a captain. Cause then it's going to look worse I agree. when you let him go next year or when you trade him, <laughs> if you start bad, right? Uh, wasn't DT captain last year? They had to like, and we asked. I remember I asked Vance Joseph, "Are you going to sign a new captain's badge?" And right. he said, "No." Yep, which I uh, thought was weird. That is weird. In soccer, if you just go off the field in that certain game, you pass on the captain's <laughs> badge. Um, Do you really? Yeah, you wear like a thing around your arm. That's what that is. Okay. And if the captain comes off, they give it to someone else. Wow. Offense, Joe. Joe is a lock. Hundred percent lock. I think the other one's pretty easy. And I know there's probably a little bit of debate, but I think it's easy. Phil? No. I think that's who the debate is between, but no. You're going to say Emmanuel? I think so. Ugh. Even though he could be in the same position as uh, as Chris in terms of leaving after this year. You know who I think actually deserves it won't get it? Well, I really think Phil is deserving. I 100% agree. You know, I think it's still in front of Emmanuel Sanders that won't even have a chance. Who? Dalton Reisner. Mm. But he said the other day, like, yeah. he, he made a comment. I asked him, did you like to see the fight from the offense? It was the, it was the literal day that they fought the 49ers. And he said, I can't speak 
I can't speak for the offense because I'm not a veteran. And that's why he but, won't be a captain. But I did like to see it. And that's right. what I mean. He he has no chance, but I think he's actually more qualified than Emmanuel Sanders. Just that comment right there shows you. He's respectful. He understands his place. Do you think I'm crazy saying Emmanuel? A little bit. I'm not but saying, I don't think I'm not saying that's who I should give it who I would give it to. I'm saying that's that's what I think happens. <sighs> I think the player vote has to play some role in this. <laughs> Listen to what the wide receiver... Ah, Cortland Sutton's probably not voting for him. Mm-mm. I think it should be Phil. I think it should be, too. Joe and Phil, that's like strong leadership. You've got the fiery, angry leadership, and then you've got the calm, cool, collected anger uh, you leadership. You can't tell me when Emmanuel did that cat little jump punch. That wasn't fiery. That's He doesn't... Uh, I don't, I don't want to get into this. <laughs> Next one coming in. Bronco Ute 44. Hey, guys. Who are you looking to play well tomorrow with the starters not playing? Well, just listen to the fantasy draft and you'll know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think Juwan Winfrey, Devontae Jackson. <laughs> um, that's it. I'm hoping Kevin Hogan. <laughs> and the last – do we miss one? You have a concerned look on your face. No, from Carpaccio Chris. Last one's from Carpaccio Chris. He says, I like Flacco, don't get me wrong, but it bugs the heck out of me how during all of his interviews and pressers, he starts out his each response with, <laughs> well, listen, or hey, listen. I want to strangle him. I actually like when he says that. It, it makes me listen. Well, li- listen, Carpaccio Chris. <laughs> That's a vet. That's a total vet move right there. It's his way of saying... I know more than you. Right. <laughs> right. Which is kind of funny to me. Especially with the off-season questions, with the preseason questions. You know, when it's, Joe, you're only going to play a quarter and a half with your first tre- st- team offense. Are you so worried? He's like, oh. Well, listen. <laughs> well, listen, buddy. I've been playing for 10 years. I know what it's like in the preseason. I know what it's like in the regular season. We're going to be okay. What could be the most demeaning thing to say like listen up buddy buddy (laughs) let me tell you how this works buddy yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, we should convince someone to do that on the podium as a a stunt like do it to like a Vic Lombardi question right right or man some players will poke at a question like a a stupid question will be thrown out there and they'll, they'll shoot it down really quick or, you know, make light of it, how stupid it was, and then the, the reporter will get a chance to redeem themselves. What if they just kept doing it? Because typically, after the second time, then they, you know, just go along with it, and they're nice. What if you just kept pushing? What if he just did the Dr. Evil? Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Shut, <laughs> shut up. Uh, that, that. Who would you do that to? <laughs> Who would I do it to if I was on the podium? Yep. You I think you know the that. answer to that. <laughs> All right. I think that wraps it up for us today. Zach, I need a guess for you on length here. Holy Lord. 211. Nope. 17? Nope. 24? Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Holy cow. This is a record. 144 minutes of podcast for you to get you from now until the game tomorrow night. Wow. We did you a service. Don't leave comments, though, because no. we won't get them. We won't get to them in the post-game podcast tomorrow night, which we will be doing from Blake Street Tavern. So anyone who's coming to the draft party will get to do a live viewing of the podcast. One of you might get the lucky job of making sure our beers are full, um, <laughs> which is a true honor for anyone. And uh, 
so yeah, that'll be cool. Anyone that's there is going to get going to get a, get a watch. We might even take some live questions from the crowd, uh, but we will not be taking questions from the comment section. So save your comments that you're thinking while you listen to this podcast until after the post game podcast tomorrow night. Hopefully you guys are cool with that. We just gave you uh, almost two and a half hours of podcasting. And with that, we tell you have a great Friday night and we will talk to you tomorrow. I keep on guessing, but I'm lost in my own perspectives. Another lesson comes to find all of my motives. I cut the chatter short and keep the thoughts I love close. Another question comes about my life's deceptions. And I can feel where the sun is found us. All of the trees moving slowly surround us. The stars lean to whisper and sing you a sad song. The universe swirls into destiny's triumph. Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com.